Hey everyone, welcome to the OFD Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Bowles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And it seems like it's been a long time that us three together, I mean, maybe it's only been a week or two, but it seems like it's been a long time. But joining me, uh, uh, per normal, per everything good in the universe, is our senior editor, Jude Seymour, and our brand new papa, Brendan McAlinden. Fellas, what's up? I'm uh, doing well. Just wondering how baby Octi- uh, Octavia is doing. It's Octavia, right? Yeah, uh, it, it's it's uh, Octavia Flavius. Uh, Flavius, yeah. Him. Yeah, yeah, some of my favorite. Uh, no, we Sexist are, or, we're... Uh, Sexist Aurelius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, we, we leaned real heavy into the Roman part of Roman Catholic uh, with the naming convention. Um, yeah, like before, even before the, the Catholicism hit. Yeah, we're uh, we're doing great. Uh, she's here with me now. So, uh, my question to you fellows is: We are operating under the the standard rule of three men and a baby. So, um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and claim Ted Danson. So, the two of you are going to need to fight out who's Selleck and who's Gutenberg. Okay, actually, oh, I'm the uh, I'm the ghost that appears midway through the movie that everyone debates whether it's a ghost or not. That's that's who I okay. am. You, you can yeah, have Gutenberg. I mean, I was gonna fight you for Selleck. <laughs> I was gonna I say, think, I think, who I think my body for? hair, my body hair stands alone for that. But you know, the Stonecutters made Steve Gutenberg a star, so I, I don't know. You know, he had a, he had a little run thanks to the Stonecutters. Who made, who made Oh, who made Gutenberg a star? I mean, the police academies were like static legend. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's like Citizen Kane, and then there's uh, Police Academy too, back in action or whatever. You guys yeah. aren't you guys aren't familiar with the Stonecutters? They they held back the, the electric stone? car. They made Steve Gutenberg a star. No, okay. I don't know anything about it. <sighs> Somebody's gonna get that joke, and they're gonna they're gonna write a five star review about that joke because that was a five star joke that none of you get. Are you sure about that? Hey, just want to let you know. That you shouldn't call nine one one. The real number is nine one two. That's silent. I mean, I'm, 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 I I did not know that Jude was such a Gutenberg aficionado. I didn't uh, yeah. know such a goofball. I mean, I'm, I mean, there's the what? there's the Gutenberg Bible, and then there's Steve Gutenberg. I'm I'm all in on the Gutenbergs. I mean, he's got some of my favorite 80s movies are Gutenbergs, right? And Who doesn't they, love Cocoon and Short Circuit? But and then there was a uh, ABC. Fa- oh, uh, Short Circuit ABC, was the best. ABC comedy series with uh, Jeff Garland from Curb Your Enthusiasm called the Gutenbergs, right? Yeah, yeah, he was on it. Uh, no, the Goldbergs. Oh, but, uh, Goldbergs. Goldbergs. Yeah, Gutenberg was on it. Come on, Jude, you were you were doing so well. <laughs> Got to come up with other Gutenbergs, I guess. I'm not sure which Steve Gutenberg black hole we just went down, but uh, uh, I don't know. If someone wants to just respond in, on Twitter when they hear this with just a bunch of Steve Gutenberg gifts, I won't be mad about it. Actually, I think there's a gif of a bunch of guys swinging beer steins on a table that probably would be appropriate for the person who gets this joke and hears it. So, so somewhere, uh, somewhere, 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 somebody knows who stone cutters are. Somewhere GW Bailey's out there just going Mahoney. Oh, 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 oh that's more. <laughs> He's making nineteen ninety four relevant jokes again. Nineteen ninety four? 
Oh, maybe like 90. Would we be on like Police Academy like six by then? Maybe like 93. I don't know. I think by that point they had gone to to Russia, to Moscow. I'd have to look it up. I made a Spies Like Us uh, uh, reference the other day to somebody and no one got it. And I was sad to find like there was only like like two or three gifts available on Twitter. And they were all like doctor, doctor, doctor. I mean... Yeah, Spies like us. It's like that's what that's one of the great. There, there's no movies like that anymore. Like where the hell are these movies at? I know we're already on a tangent, but let me just continue on this. Like a couple of years ago, I just I woke up and I was like, you know what? I've never seen Coming to America. I've never seen. Uh, well, I had seen Fletch, but that was, seems to like to be like one of those kind of like movies that falls in that like comedy canon that feels like everybody's seen. Cool. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. What do you say? A couple of years ago, how how long ago are we talking? Uh, about? like probably less than five years ago. Oh man, so two shoe coming so, to America so is ago, ten years ago. You had never seen Fletch never seen or any of the Beverly America. Hills Cop movies. I had never seen Coming to America. Like, the, the why do you hate Eddie Murphy? I was gonna say the whole gap is like Eddie, <laughs> Eddie, Eddie Murphy movies. So why did I you still have not Eddie seen Trading. Is it Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd? Yeah, Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, still never awesome. seen that. I've never seen Brewster's Millions with uh, Richard Pryor. So maybe I have it against Black Comic Actors. You seen the toy? The toy? Yeah. No, but I, to be I, I, I saw this really unforgettable film called Toys. Uh, Robin Williams. It's like oh, 90, I thought I thought you were going to drop a little. Uh, uh, what was it? Um, the haunted, the haunted man, the haunted mansion, right? That was a bad one. Uh, what was the one? Pluto Nash. Oh, Pluto Nash. I saw Bowfinger. That was funny. That is good. Well, that's because it's uh, Steve Martin, and he's always good. Right. I mean, now I question it. Now I question you. Like, you were a TV and film major in college, I right? I know. You know. Now I'm questioning I... everything. Like, like, like. Have you ever? Have you seen Young Frankenstein? I've seen Young Frankenstein for sure. Um, what about Young Einstein. I've seen uh, I've seen a lot of the Mel Brooks stuff, but I'll tell you the first time I ever saw Caddyshack. Bring this back to the podcast a little bit. First time I ever saw Caddyshack was at a, was on a trip to Notre Dame where I was like a high school kid, and I got to like stay over with a, like somebody that my dad knew. Like his son went to, to Notre Dame, so I stayed in Dillon, which was cool because I ended up going to I ended up living in Dillon. Um, and they turned on Caddyshack, and there was four guys in this room, and they each had parts. And they said the whole movie started to finish. I swear to God. And so I had never seen the movie before. And I was just like, wow, I don't know what's going on. I don't think this is particularly funny, but these guys think this is hilarious. And I'm just in awe of the fact that they've memorized this whole movie and they must have seen it like a million and six times. There is nothing less enjoyable than watching a movie with people who've seen it a bunch of times and either a quote the movie or B look over at you expectantly for a certain yeah, right. part to occur. Eh, eh, eh. You're like, what? I, I don't know. A childhood memory that out that for some reason has stuck with me. Cause it's the most like benign memory you can think of, uh, was sitting. Uh, I mean, I must've been, this is before we moved to Hicksville. This is when we we're still living in Fort Wayne. So I must've been like eight or nine, maybe, or I, I, however old. But I remember seeing a uh, a preview for Caddyshack 2 on TV. I was just sitting in the living room with my dad watching TV with him. And my dad is not a man of, like, really any words or emotion, uh, except for, like, when he's, like, breaking coffee tables, uh, yelling about pulling Ron Paulus' scholarship. 
but uh, he he was visibly really- like pumped, like like gave like a like a like a dad fist bump in the air, like yes, like he couldn't wait to go see Caddyshack too. I, I don't know why that has stuck with me, like <laughs> thirty five years later, <laughs> but it did, and. I don't think I ever remember him saying he enjoyed Caddyshack 2. I don't think I mean, anyone enjoyed Caddyshack <laughs> yeah, 2. Yeah, because did. <laughs> except for maybe Dan Aykroyd's agent. I mean, Randy Quaid's, Randy Quaid's role in that was fantastic. I mean, the lawyer was great. Like, I I, I wish more lawyers would be like that. Just baseball you know, bat. This is also probably going to get me in trouble, but. I hadn't seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation until like five years ago, and I didn't think it was. What I didn't think it was particularly. I didn't think it was particularly funny either. My sister would probably, if she ever listens podcast, would probably say I was committing blasphemy because it's like one of her favorite movies. But I don't know, man. I just don't get it. A couple of things. I mean, Brendan and I did the first villains. (laughs) Did we not bring up like the canon of Christmas movies, Brendan? Oh, we sure did. And, I mean, it was, it was Christmas that, adjacent. That was, and that one was in gospel. That wasn't like a, an epistle letter. Uh, Christmas Vacation was is a gospel book. And for you have, to have just to dismiss, you're going to fucking hell. I'm I'm sorry, Jude. You're going going to uh, Christmas movie hell. I can live with that. Enjoy Christmas with the cranks. Um, oh boy. Oh wow. Uh, and I have just on repeat. Is fantastic. That's gotten better and better over the years. Santa Claus Three. Oh, I'm, I'm assuming they made one. The Escape Home, Clause. Yeah, it was called the Escape Clause, and uh, Martin 3. Short was in it. Wasn't Martin Short in the Santa Claus Two though? Too. No, that was the Mrs. Claus. Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. With the with the blonde actress that I can't remember her name, but she's like in everything. Did the yeah. Santa Claus Two have a subtitle? Yeah, it's called the Mrs. Claus. Oh, the Mrs. Claus. Oh, because okay. there was the Santa Claus, and then the Mrs. Claus, and the final one, Jack Frost was. I mean, what are we doing? Uh, he it was called <laughs> the Escape Clause. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it's all fair game when it comes to the holiday movies, right? And obviously, like our conversation about the uh, about Die Hard, there you could. So you you can really expand your universe of holiday movies depending on how you define a holiday movie. I will tell you that I love Tommy Reese, uh, but he went up even a step higher in my um, my my view of him when he said "It's a Wonderful Life" was one of his favorite movies. Uh, to me, that's 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 a great choice. So I'm kind of in the old school uh, movies. I like uh, I like "It's a Wonderful Life." I like "White Christmas" a lot too. So I think there's a lot that I'm missing. Like when I was a kid, when I was a kid, there's a, there's a TV channel in Fort Wayne that would on Christmas Eve. And I'm sure lots of places did this on Christmas Eve. They just started a Christmas movie marathon because this was before Christmas story came out. Uh, And so it would be one Christmas movie after, after another. And there was a bunch of good ones in there, but I didn't never know what the name was, but every year they were in there. Uh, Wonderful Life wasn't because I think NBC owns the rights to that, so they they chopped that up. But there's a lot of good old ones if you can find them. I mean, it's, it's, Hallmark seems to be like be dominating the syndication anymore, and it's uh, it's a little aggressive. Speaking of Christmas, though, 
what kind of a present has recruiting been for Notre Dame football these last seven days? We got ourselves a transition. Oh, look at that fucking segue. Fantastic. That's a good. That, that's good. We're gonna switch roles. <laughs> so yeah, we. Uh, I believe um, Notre Dame's got. Uh, Notre Dame seems to be getting hot. It has definitely. I mean, since May. I mean, there, there was a run yeah, on three stars that finally broke today, and I think, judging by the tea leaves, that run of four stars doesn't seem to be abating. And of course I speak yeah. that Notre Dame signed a uh, linebacker out of Tennessee Prince. Uh, Prince Kali. Uh, yep. Prince Kali. And we use uh, the, we use the word sign lightly. Uh, uh, right, right, right now. Right. First four stars. Are, since we to, Riley? are we allowed to just say when he, we say his name, we just have, we just have to sing it like Prince Kali. Like, yeah, Jude, you had the see, best tweet for it. <laughs> no, but see, I, I, I was gonna, I was gonna counter that with something I believe is better, but I would be in the minority, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, uh, Talib Kweli has a great song. Oh yeah, yeah. And so, it, and you know, it's you know Kweli instead of Kali. You could still, it's still pronounce it's still, it phonetically, yeah. if not, let it be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's the blast. People people who know know. If you know, you know. But you I wouldn't mean, know. I was, gonna, make... I was gonna talk back with that, but I knew you wouldn't know, so I saved my breath. Or my I, I, my I think maybe like if this guy, you know, runs one back for a touchdown, like is the is the is the Twitter gonna like j- jump down with like purple rain references or Oh most like, deaf. Most deaf okay. they, oh. <laughs> You see that? I got it. Yeah, I like how you throw a little black star in there. A little black star. Can you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I hear it. Um, so, Can you hear that, Jude? Yeah. See, that's what, That's just smooth. That's that's what you're hearing on the on the track of Kali, or excuse me, Kali running uh, an interception in for the you end got, zone. That's fantastic. Woo on one side and Black Star on the other. I cannot wait. <laughs> I uh, mean, that, we, just, we got New York City. We got New York City on lock. Just on <laughs> lockdown. Oh, um, Burroughs. <laughs> I mean, as far as recruits go, though, right? This was this signing a linebacker, and especially a linebacker that sort of plays this position with the sort of freakish um, athleticism. And I was, I was watching a lot of stuff today. Me and, uh, me and Charlotte were sitting down watching some game film. And, uh, I don't know if you watch a lot of LSU football, but he remind like his, he's only like six one. So he's not like a big linebacker. He's got, he's cut. Um, but he, he reminded me a lot of Patrick queen. He was the LSU linebacker who, um, just instinctually, he was able to – he could drop into coverage. He he didn't blitz a lot, and he didn't really get into the backfield. But if he did, it was sort of like on an inside. Um, but I, I really like the way that he's able to drop back in coverage. And like some comparisons and some things are being said about him potentially playing safety. But I don't know. That's not the way that this position plays for Notre Dame. And I don't know if that's the way that this linebacker position – They don't recruit back. You don't recruit – you. Yeah, and they're supposed to not be doing that anymore, anyways. They're not supposed to be, according to them, 
they're not supposed to be recruiting safeties for linebackers anymore, but you don't recruit someone who's a linebacker to become a safety generally. I mean, that's just, that's, that would be like, it's, it's usually move up or you, you know, you recruit a linebacker to become a defensive end. Uh, you know, and that's how that normally works because their bodies grow into a position because they're still, these are still relatively young men. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's all sorts of room to grow, but I mean, he, he's, he's rocked up. I mean, he's not Osita Equine rocked up yet. Uh, but he, he's rocked up. He's got those pretzel braid arms where like, it's got that definitive, like he's got, he's got, uh, he's going to put, he will, I think his coach described him as a headhunter, and there's some, like some of his highlights where he doesn't play. It looks like he's playing against some like middle schoolers sometimes, um, (laughs) Yeah, but he, there's he some does times where like he, he just with his shirt lays, off. He lays people out. Um, and the fact that he can go into coverage and lay people out, too, has me kind of excited to see what Clark Lee is, is going to do with him. And I'm not, how, many, how many kids has Clark Lee signed as uh, defensive coordinator of Notre Dame? How many recruits has he signed? Yeah, as the, D, as the DC. Did he sign any oh, linebackers last year? No, no none last year. No, um, he signed four. They signed four uh, nineteen. Right, which I think was kind of I, I, that wasn't as a full year at DC, right? Or I guess recruiting at DC because a lot of the work was put in by Elko. Right. Um, just like I you just, know, Tommy Reese got the. I don't know how much credit you can give him for for the this you know the inaugural you know the twenty twenty class, but we had we had Carter Carls on what about a month or so ago, and and Carter was as as confused as, as we were about what Notre Dame was even exactly doing here at linebacker. You know, there were, there weren't many offers out. It did not seem like a huge priority. I mean, and, and even Kali, he was a, a later offer. Uh, and, and Carter was just like, I, he does, he did. And we were all in agreement. Like we don't understand what the hell they're doing because come 2022, uh, this, this depth that you seemingly have, is gone. You didn't take a linebacker last year. And so come 2022, the only ones that are, that would, as of right now would have eligibility left are Jack Lamb, Jack Kaiser, Acida Equinu, Lua Fowl, and Bertrand. Now, you know, that's that maybe that's a good list of names, but you know, Jack Lamb's had already had injury issues. Jack Kaiser's had injury issues. We haven't seen a whole lot of Equinu. Lua Fowl, I think we all love, but we'd like to see yeah. more of, I mean, it, it's, None of these guys are sure things. They Notre Dame likes them a lot, but if numbers wise, just purely out of a numbers game at a position group, it got a little scary. And the fact that there's, it, this is going to be it. They're not going to go after another linebacker in this class. This is, this is the one. So it, it's still a head scratcher, but it's huge that they got him because they, they, they needed him badly. I mean, that this is the kid that if Notre Dame was, uh, capable of such things, they would have the bag man would have visited uh, his house <laughs> yes. a few times. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, it my was qu- it, my it question. Was extremely important. My question first to, to timing. I don't follow this as closely as you guys do. Is there a reason why we're hearing from Kali and Spindler now as opposed to a month ago or a month from now? Yeah, I think they just wanted to get it done right before the season. They they definitely wanted to get it done before. I think Spindler was set to Spindler go. Wanted, Spindler wanted to get his wrapped up in the spring, but he wanted, but that was under the assumption that there was official visits. So 
one, and he had he had maintained that, thinking you know at some point they're gonna be allowed on campus. Well, they they keep pushing the, uh, you know that further and further down the line, and at some point, it, you know, if you're ready to do something in March, okay, and they just keep pushing and pushing it back, and you're an 18 year old kid, you're you're not gonna wait much longer. Uh, right. I think they're just, and so I I think in his mind, you know, in this and that, even though the the whole thing hurt Notre Dame recruiting wise. Um, not being, you know, able to get recruits on campus. I think maybe in a few ways, maybe this helped uh, if they do indeed lock up Spindler because it really kept, uh, you know, kind of kept like a team like LSU who had got um, Spindler's uh, teammate, uh, you know, committed. Uh, it kind of kept them, you know, at bay a little bit because uh, he just wasn't fam- as familiar. There was never a chance for him to get familiar with a campus and, and you know, in the area. Whereas Michigan and Notre Dame were, were easier, you know, choices for him to make. Um, and, and so, and he just, he wanted to get it done. Uh, so, you know, at, at some point, Colleen was just kind of, I think it was just kind of like Notre Dame, by the sounds of it, they, Notre Dame had pushed him pretty hard. Like once they, you know, it's an art, recruiting's an art. So once you get a kid to the point where, where you're the leader, you you, kind of, you want to kind of push that spice a little bit to get him to lock it up. And I mean, unless you're doing, trying to do some shady shit, like, you know, like, like some coaches do, uh, where you're leading other schools on and, uh, uh, pretending that you're not committed and, and you, and in fact you are, uh, but no, they, they were trying to get this locked up because it's a, it's a numbers thing. They had to get a linebacker. So if Kali wasn't going to do it, <clears throat> it was going to be time to move on. You know, it, it's, it's, I mean, just look at the way the, the, running back recruiting has gone, yeah. you know, Notre Dame's kind of, they lock in on somebody, uh, you know, right or wrong. And Prince Prince was that guy they locked in on at linebacker. And once they got him to the point where they could get him to com- to commit, here we are. My, my second question has to do with um, the upcoming high school football seasons. Are we aware of any um, Irish commits that have already found out that they will not be playing for, uh, high school football in the fall, either got moved Tyler Buckner. Tyler Buckner, yeah. Okay. Chance Buckner. Yeah. Um, and so what What are the options for those guys? Go to Georgia. Uh, uh, USC's quarterback recruits going to Georgia to play football. He's already seen. Uh, I, I mean, IMG's there, but I mean, like, but Buckner, you know, is, I mean, J.J. Uh, McCarthy, uh, Michigan commit, is, uh, you know, already a, court, a quarterback is already at IMG. <clears throat> Excuse me, but there there's options if they want to continue their prep career somewhere. Um, you just gotta go out of state. I, I just don't know. You know, I mean, I don't know like home situation. You know, your your parent situation. This stuff isn't cheap uh, in a lot of cases. You know how that works. Um, and and I, I think I've went on record maybe a couple podcasts ago about hatred of IMG. Yeah, yeah I, I just think it's shitty. I, mean, I think it's shitty, but in this case, it's a whole different scenario. I mean, Rocco well, was Buck- going to do. Well, Buckner, do Buckner moved high schools to play at a higher level. He 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 uh, he left his his high school to go to a larger California high school, right? Isn't that isn't right. that uh, so? Here, yeah, he's supposed to play, play in San, San is Diego. Is the old yeah. high school going to play? Well, no, the whole it's state the entire now. state. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah old Gavin Gavin shut the whole thing down. So. Gotcha. Um, and I know there's a, I mean, even in Michigan here, the, uh, Michigan high school sports association said that they're going to go ahead, but 
like Lansing's already said, yeah, we're not doing this. So Michigan's got a recent uh, uh, wide receiver commit who, um, you know, sort of opened the door for Jaden Thomas uh, to come to Notre Dame as well. Um, I can't remember the kid's name, Anthony something, but uh, Anthony. yeah. So that's um that that's a that's a dynamic where you know there's there's school districts. I mean, Alcart uh, said that they're shutting down football, right? Isn't that yeah. isn't that something? So yeah, El- Elkhart was pretty uh, uh pretty red or pretty in the red for for all the and cases even, and all that stuff. When all this stuff started, it was always my I always had the understand. I always thought that college football, especially the P five, would be able to afford the testing and probably be able to cobble together a season. But I never understood how it would be possible for a high school, high school athletics to continue on into this fall. It yeah, just, I, it doesn't. Especially it never with so made, many, so many of them go into uh, online learning. Uh, it's at the high school level. It, I mean, it it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They can't afford um, the testing. I, they, I, yeah. they, uh, one of the things with, and we'll get to this with the schedule talk. But Northern Illinois is talking about sinking the max season because they're complaining about not being able to afford the testing. Um, so, it, yeah, I'm, I'm just interested uh, how, how high school recruits. This whole recruiting cycle is going to be a very unique one. And if there was a punt to the spring with uh, some expectation that you'd get some assistance from uh, early enrollees, those early enrollees did not have a senior season of football to rely on. Um so yeah, a lot of times it would just be juniors. Uh, yeah, and I would, I if you're a Notre Dame fan, I think like like just this scenario. Let's, for this scenario, let's say say we get like a week. Let's just say we all of a sudden shit hits the fan. Now the entire season's getting moved to the spring. Tyler Buckner uh, early is an early enrollee, and Ian Book decides um, he's had an, he's just gonna he's gonna roll the dice and uh, enter the NFL draft. Tyler Buckner is not going to be your starting quarterback for Notre Dame, even if even if he was allowed. No, he's not. Just that's not that's not going to happen. They're not going to. He's not going to come just walk on campus and in like three months be the starting quarterback. That's not how it works. Um, uh, ever. <laughs> I mean, it's just it, it was it would not be in the cards. It would it would not automatically mean that he now you know other players like. Say like if a Chris Tyree, if this would have happened, and Chris Tyree is going to be a freshman uh, in the 2021 class, you know that's like type of player like that that you can see playing, um, just because it's a it's a whole different thing. Quarterback is just like a is I mean you guys everyone should know this. It's just a whole different you know realm of existence. With oh what yeah, you got to know and what you have to do. Uh, I don't expect that at all. And, like, and I mean I wouldn't expect I honestly wouldn't expect Book you know to to put on it anyways. He needs the tape. Uh, so, but I'm just saying that it's, and that's a long wait, long, long time for those guys, especially high schoolers who don't have like the day in day out nutrition and training for them to go like an entire season, uh, without doing, you know, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden show up in college, they're going to be out of shape, man. They're going to be like really out of shape, no matter how much they've really been working out. They're just not going to be, um, you know, ready to. I think physically ready to roll and then just then throw in everything else. <laughs> you know, you're still, should be in high school. Uh, and all of a sudden you're in college. It just isn't going to click. What kind of uh, latitude, if any, 
does, does Notre Dame have to hook Matt Bayless up with um, an, uh, like a person who has not signed their, their national letter of intent but has verbally committed to Notre Dame? Do oh, they have like, anything? Or does it all have to they go through send them, the They can send them material. Like, okay. Just like any kind of recruiting material. But they can't monitor like, hey, like show no. me you did that rep or whatever, right? No. No. That would be they could uh, they could ask. I mean, I mean, there's ways around everything. Right. So I guess I guess I get what like you're getting you post at. To I could, YouTube your workout. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, kind of stuff like that. I mean, there's yeah. there's ways around everything. Right. Sure. I mean, that's why there's this giant, thick NCAA <laughs> rule book. Just so we, can, there's ways to get around it. You can put a Washington uh, linebackers coach for Ohio State on the field with players and most of the Big Ten coaches won't get upset about it. I know one that will. <laughs> one sure did, and he's going to have 100 points. Uh, Wait a second. Dropped on him uh, for I, pointing I, I it out. <laughs> Brendan, hold on a second. Clarifying point. Was this a Friday? Uh, yeah. It, um, well, so. Al, Al's only allowed in the field on Fridays, right? Is it Friday the day, or was he on the field on a Friday, and that was a no-no? <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't keep my story straight here. Yeah, as well, so, so the story goes is uh, there was a Big Ten coaches conference meeting where they all sort of show up and have a Zoom meeting and they talk about uh, life in the COVID and how everything's going. And this and, was Wednesday? Yeah it was, yeah, it was Wednesday. Wednesday. And Ryan Day was, uh, you know, just breaking things down and uh, letting all the other coaches know what's up. And, um, yeah, Jim Harbaugh interrupted him. And then just went on this diatribe about Al Washington, calling out Al Washington, former Michigan coach that Day poached when he put together his staff. And Ryan Day, you know, spouts back and he's like, hey, hey, Jim, why don't you worry about your team and I'll worry about mine? And then Jim wouldn't give it up. So Ryan Day supposedly said, uh, Jim, you better hope that there's a mercy rule because we're going to hang a hundred on you this year. And then they shut the meeting down, and then Day called a meeting with his players, right, Josh? And then he uh, he reiterated oh, he, he, that. Yeah, he left. So I heard he a left players though. What was happening? I heard a slightly different version, which is that he didn't say the drop hundred to Harbaugh on the conference call, but he said it in a team meeting immediately afterwards. Yeah, that's that's the version I heard. I didn't I didn't hear about the him saying it to him on the conference call. But I did but hear. He, I mean, but there was definitely it went public a, quick. The there was definitely the you take care of your team, I'll take care of my my team, or you look out for your team, I'll look out for my team. So it's there was a, definitely some tension. It couldn't have been a better day for Michigan that day with Rondell Moore uh, declaring that he wasn't playing. My, um, Michael, Parsons. Michael Parsons declaring, yeah. uh, Rashad Bateman declaring, and then Michigan fans are feeling real good about themselves and like, okay. You know, the first first three so opponents that we're facing, their their best players are gone. Oh no, Jim, why'd you pitch off Ryan Day? What'd you do? No. <laughs> who's Michigan end the season with this year? Northwestern? No. Like who's Yeah, who's I think it is Northwestern. Yeah. Who's gonna want to tune it in that game? Holy cow. I mean, not that we're gonna get that far, but No. <laughs> but we we gotta pretend. We we have to pretend. I mean, for everybody's sanity, we gotta pretend this, right? Well, that's why I put when I I put out the story on on one foot down about the ACC schedule, and then I said, you know, there was a poll question. As long as you didn't uh, look at it through our partners on Google Amp, uh, there was a poll question there, and it said like predict Notre Dame's final schedule. And the first three were like totally normal, 
11 and 0, 10 and 1, 9 and 2, like the things that people talk about all the time, right? And then I put in 2 and 0, and then I put in season never starts. And then I put in any other like thing. And it was it was interesting that there was a lot of people that picked 10 and 1, and I was like, I love all these people because they're just they're my people. They're like, yeah, we're going to get 11 full weeks of football in. Like damn the torpedoes and full speed ahead. I like it. I mean, the ACC I, has configured their schedule to with the expectation. It looks to me like they're expecting there to be some flexibility, obviously some teams that are going to test positive uh, and have to push things back. And that when you look at the schedule, it, like on there, um, there is no set date for the conference. It is the 12th or the 19th because they set up at the end of the season um, makeup date game, right? So you can immediately after the season, if any games got canceled, you could, I guess, push it to the end of the season. So the ACC seems to think it's going to go ahead 11 games, right? Maybe. Eh, maybe. Well, I think they, I think they have to set it up that way. They can't just say, well, oh, well yeah. here's five games and we'll figure it out after five well, weeks, you know? Well, yeah, we'll let you know after the first five. <laughs> that, that's, that's probably not happening, right? Uh, um, I'll tell you what, let's, let's take a quick break and then come back. Uh, we're going to go through some reviews and then let's, let's jump right back on into this whole ACC, uh, Morgan. How's that sound? Sign me up. We'll do, we'll do it live. (laughs) We'll do it live. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we are back. And we we are a little bit out of order on the way I think that we've normally been doing things, but uh uh we're we're recording on a Friday. That's uh which is a odd time for us Clar- too. So clarifying question, do we typically talk about Christmas movies at the top of every episode? I'm please advise. I mean, we've done it on several, <laughs> I think by now. Uh so I mean, if that's I mean, I mean, it's information people need to know, right? I mean, it's coming up. I mean, Halloween candy was in uh, store aisles uh, last week, and it was July. But I, I mean, so it, I'm, people are ready to move on. Apparently, you know, apparently, I'm yeah, I'm ready to break down some schedule and talk some talk some team turkey here. Uh, talk some, I guess, now that we're in the ACC. Talk some hokey. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna get all of those. So let's. But first, we're, let's see. Uh, we got some reviews, and just to remind everybody, uh, please, uh, I, if you want me to beg, I'll beg. Put in the five star reviews. Uh, but you know, if, if you uh, if you don't think five star is good, you know, we're not five star material in your in your opinion and uh, your minority opinion. Then uh, you know that's that's all right. I just you know give us a reason, uh, you know, and I will read uh, that review on the next OFD podcast, word for word. So I got a couple of them here, guys. You ready for this? 
Five yeah. stars from Nick Baker, 37-0. Oh, Nick's already a, a great guy here. All right, uh, five stars. Hot dogs are greater than corn dogs. Oh, shit. Went off the road. This podcast has really grown on me during the quarantine era. It's basically listening on a phone call between three dudes who love ND and are super knowledgeable about the history of the program. I love looking down and seeing a two-hour podcast, even if part of it is spent talking crap about boneless wings, even though they are amazing. I'm looking at crystal ball picks, and I see Titus Mokayo Atamalala and Jaden Thomas. If these commitments happen in the Irish land uh, land zone of Spidler or Kali, could this class end up being better than we have thought for months? I'd love to hear other guys were in the running for discussed, but I think this could be a really good supplement to the 2020 recruiting class. Also wanted to throw in Josh's take on the Navy game is 100% accurate. And as someone who was in the Navy for six years, I couldn't care less if we ever play Navy again. That's a solid, solid review. Even that was with great. Takes I don't agree with. That was great. I would. I didn't say, disagree with anything. And, and I would. And I would suggest you do not do this. But I will say that when Notre Dame announced on Facebook its schedule, there was so much pissing and moaning about Navy. And I, oh I just, my god! Was, like maybe it's a generational thing, but I just don't get it. Like it's called Oregon what? energy, right? Or Oregon, you know, the hate energy that gives you life force. I. I I, I believe that fully now because I felt it in my – I got younger. I felt like a 33-year-old <laughs> young man now after getting reading all that hate. I felt so great about myself uh, because people are so uh, tore up about this Navy game. And we're we're going to get to that, though. Let's not get into two in the weeds yet because uh, we have – there's a special place in, my, in all of our hearts uh, for that. So <laughs> – <laughs> we'll get that. But I do want to answer uh, his questions. Uh, I think with uh, with the young Hawaiian and Jaden Thomas, I think Notre Dame uh, eventually does get those two. Um, they got Kali already. They're working on, uh, you know, we should be getting Spindler tomorrow. You guys are listening to this uh, the day of that. That's going to happen. So, yeah, the classes that I was pretty skeptical about this class uh, maybe about a month ago, but, you know, before they went on this little little bit of a run, it. Uh, and it, look, this is not going to be a top five class. It's just, it's not how it's going to work out. They're not going to have 27 guys commit committed. Uh, I, I keep saying 20 and max, maybe 21. Uh, and so Spindler, you know, would be the 17th commitment in this class. Uh, you could probably take Abiara off of that list. Mm-hmm. Um, but he hasn't said so yet. So you keep him there. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a 20, 20, maybe 21 man class. Um, you know, but it, it, it'll be a good, it's a solid class. The guys, you know, you go up and down the list there. I like a lot of those guys. There's not a whole lot of guys on there, uh, that, you know, you, I look at and be like, yeah, ain't much there. I, I do like the guys they got. I mean, you see all you want about the three stars, but you got some defensive back three stars in there. Like, you know, like a Ryan Barnes and Chance Tucker, uh, and Carter on, on today's, uh, and the insider podcast uh, was gushing about Tucker and I, and I'm with them on that. There's just so much speed there and athleticism uh, that, you know, if you got a good coach, which, you know, Notre Dame's, uh, you know, uh, development has really done pretty well, you know, for him over the years. I like that. I like, I like the chances there. I like, I like the chances with chance. Uh, so 
you guys, you guys have anything to add on that at all on what he was asking there? I think if, if you're looking at the class, um, Ebiara is, is pretty <laughs> much go- he's gone. He's, he's going to go to Oklahoma. I think. Brendan, didn't you make it, didn't you make an observation about, um, him the other day that I, I thought was spot on? Was it Abiara who did? Yeah, it was Abiara. So who did every, retreat, retweet his scholarship offer from Notre Dame. Every other player yeah. in the, the 2021 class retweeted their scholarship offer. Every single one of them. And Abiara noticeably was the only one of, at the time, the 15 kids committed that didn't retweet that graphic that the NDPR team put together. Whose offer uh, did he retweet? He did, in fact, though, retweet um, the same day that that came out, practice film from Oklahoma and then an offer from an offer from Oklahoma uh, the next morning. So. I mean, the writing couldn't be clearer on the wall, but he just has not. He hasn't made a public move on it. I, he's never I, been to I, campus, I, right? And isn't right. that the thing with Abiari? He's never been to campus, and he was like one of the first guys to pull the trigger in March when all of this was going down. So he was one we were expected one week, and then didn't. His recruitment has been that of a. Oklahoma commit. Let's go yeah. that way. Uh, a typical Notre Dame, Oklahoma, um, head to head. That's is really what this. Secretly from Fresno, by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> there, there could be a there could be his, a secret chance that he is. His, his mother's brother. <laughs> his alien grandmother is from Fresno. Well, when we find out that he's got an LLC based out of Fresno, then, <laughs> then that'll seal it. Uh, I don't have I don't have anything to add except for the sort of repeating what you said, which was, I think that we had a lot of consternation, a lot of confusion, a lot of maybe anger or maybe just like, yeah, annoyed about how the state of this recruiting. And we thought that COVID was kind of driving, dragging it down and that it, it wouldn't recover, um, maybe even out. But I, I think that with the Kali thing and the Spindler thing, it, it's obviously trending in a way that is a pleasant surprise and obviously hopes to, to keep going in that direction. But, um, I, I think top five was never a legitimate thing. And I, I think I've said this for months. I think, I think Josh has said this for months. Um, you know, top, I think top tens in, in the, in the cards and maybe, it, and maybe it ends up being 11, 12 or 13. But, um, I just, if you're, if you're, if you're expecting a top five class, because Brian Kelly said he wanted a top five class, you can just stop expecting that now. But if, if you Let's think it's going to be 18, then I don't think that's right either. Let's put it this way. If Notre, if Notre Dame, they have Collie, if they get if they get Spindler today or tomorrow, what, 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 this would be today if you're listening to this today. If they get Spindler, uh, you add, um, add the, the fly-in Hawaiian, you add Jaden Thomas, and that's about it. No, right. That's but gonna I'll, be nineteen kids at that point. I, I, I threw I threw a big su- well I threw a big surprise in there. Uh, it was uh, Nolan Rucci, which is he's not gonna commit Ooh, to Notre yeah. Dame. But no, 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 no. I threw a big one in there just to see where Notre Dame would would be at rankings wise. And so if you throw Rucci in with the other names that I put in there, Notre Dame would be sitting around like fourth right and, now. Right. And that's, and that's, that's right without now. everybody it's, else that, signing their, their, yes, right. that's, that's still a bunch of big names that are going to go to those guys that are all sitting on a top 10. Mac it, Brown, right? This, Mac Brown's going to get all that. Yeah. This is a top 15 class that they're working on and that's fine. I mean, it, I, I, I understand the arguments and 
look, if you think Notre Dame is going to sign a top five class and, and sign like four or five, five stars a year, that's just not happening for it. Even maybe, if it, maybe, it was, I mean, if, uh, even if it's possible, it is just not happening. So, I mean, you can just keep being pissed off about it. That's fine. Um, that's you're perfectly, you know, within your right to do that. But you're just going to be mad all the time. Is, is, I guess is what I'm getting at. Well, a lot, uh, of conster- a lot of the consternation, Josh, is the fact that they didn't sign, they didn't sign Will Shipley, and they didn't sign Landon Tanguo. And if they had signed those two players, uh, then you are talking about a top five class. But sometimes you don't sign those guys, and I mean, all of the players that they got, I, I mean, I lo- I kind of love this. Even, like, even, I listen, love even this if you class. took out, even if you took out um, Rucci, out of all those names I just gave you. Throw in Donovan Edwards and the, and throw in uh, Tengwall. There's still probably it's it's still right around like third right now. It's a numbers thing, then, right? Because because yeah, right. you need it's to have 25 right to be a top so five. You'll class. be bounced out of that top five pretty quickly, but you know that's still a solid class. I mean, people have to get the team rankings thing out. That's not a thing anymore. Like. Back back when it was like uh, they were just taking top, they, they were just adding like your top twenty guys is how they were ranking classes. You could use that as a as a pretty good indicator then. Now that it's just all a, a pure numbers grab, uh, and you know it, it 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 just goes out the window. I mean it doesn't doesn't make as uh, as far as like if you want Notre Dame in the when Notre Dame was ranked number one or number two, however way you want to look at it. Uh, what Charlie Weiss had that great class coming in, uh, you know, that probably would not stand up today as the same ranking. Well, the, the, the 2013 class was what ranked fifth They had 23 kids. They had, uh, two five stars in, you know, Jalen Smith and Max Redfield. And and that's with, uh, that's before Eddie Vanderdorf's grandma got sick too. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That was, that, that was part of it. So, I mean, I don't know. I just, I feel like I need to keep preaching to everybody about like, not like losing your minds, like somewhere in the, somewhere in the top 10 is where they should be. And if you're getting top 10 classes, you're getting pretty talented fucking, you're getting a talented roster. And then what do you, what do you do with that roster? Uh, I mean, if you're Notre Dame, you, you just had your schedule got easier this year. So you should be able to do more with that, with that roster. Right. So, all right, let's, Sign top, I just want to find three top 300 kids, right? Cause that class had a lot of top 300 kids and the yes. best, the best, ta- the, what is it? Uh, the best tackles, I guess, offensive linemen were Hunter Biven was the best. And then Steve Elmer, then John Montalus. And then at uh rank nationally ranked one twenty uh, one seventy two is Mike McGlinchey. So John Montalus could have bought his uh, pinstripe bowl, uh, Championship ring. <laughs> we almost did this podcast actually back when Wes was uh, was doing it. Uh, we we talked about coming up with some money to buy that ring to make it like a, a like a traveling trophy for the podcast. Well, now that Jude's five dollars richer, maybe he can go out and buy it. We will uh, talk about the exchange of money later. Still waiting payment on that one, but I just we'll want talk to about say, the exchange uh, of money. I want to say that you know it was one month ago, July sixth to be to be uh, sure uh, that the headline on SI was Mac Brown laying the blueprint for recruiting success. Notre Dame needs to follow. Uh, I think we pretty what much you say it SI. Uh, well, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Let's call it Maven. I, Maven. Let's just call it Maven. 
Maven. Yeah, because Maven does the sports media. Let's, SI let's sells uh, dietary supplements. Yes, yeah, I apologize. Brain food. This, I mean, we we pilloried this this pretty hard on a, on a previous podcast, but I think it just goes to show that, um, you know, look, the highs are never high as you as you probably think they are in retrospect, and the lows are never as low, right? And so, the, you know, right now we're riding a high, but let's see what it, you know, let's see what it looks like in December and, and February, obviously when other people start signing their classes and and we see who's dropped out and and you know who's moved around or whatever. So. Um, I'm, I'm happy. I, I don't think, I never thought that, uh, you know, UNC was going to, um, you know, be the blueprint that we needed to follow. So, uh, I feel like they're doing, they're, they're getting it done. And, they're currently uh, ranked 10th, by the way, UNC's ranked 10th, ranked 10th with 16 commitments. Yeah. Okay. I think they were ranked uh, third when you wrote the article, right. Or maybe second. Right. So just goes time. to show, right? Numbers of time. Just like making making diamonds. All right. <laughs> These, uh, this, next, uh, this next review, uh, Brendan, uh, uh, just make sure you're, you're holding on to something tight over there. Uh, four stars. Oh, no. Four star review here. Uh, and this is from Xavier12 and 3. Uh, and he says, 10 and 2 podcast. I listen to this podcast regularly. They dive into interesting topics and invite informative guests every once in a while. I like how consistent they are uploading a new podcast almost every week. Overall, it's a good podcast. But one thing I personally don't like is that they do tend to mock others in the in their industry. And to me, it just seems petty and small. They seem like good people, but that can be a bit off-putting. Well, thank you, uh, Xavier12 and 3. Uh, I will always consider myself a 14 and 0 podcast, but... Um, <laughs> uh, I see what we're getting at there. Um, I'm going to address that. I, I want to address that. I, I, first of all, I think like myself personally, and I think for people on one foot down, uh, members of podcast, we have like a really good relationship with a lot of Notre Dame media. Uh, the South Bend Tribune guys, uh, you know, really good relationship with those guys guys over at Irish Illustrated. Uh, you know, I don't really do, uh, talk with a, a bunch of guys at ISD, but like, like J.B. Yuyama is a, is a hell of a, he, he might be one of the best guys to read X's and O's like period. Uh, the way he explains it is uh, he really does a knockout job. Uh, Matt Freeman is probably one of the hardest workers on the beat. Uh, like, I think we have not a lot of kind words for a lot of people on our beat. Um, but there's also some real shit on our beat too, which I'm not even going to get specific with that. But if we call out shit, it's because it's shit. And if you're talking about like national guys, those guys are fair game because national people have no idea what the hell they're talking about in a specific sense. They are more, they are tied to generalities and just broad, very, very broad scopes. Um, and then, I don't know. That's all I had to say on it. I'm like, so I'm going to call out bullshit because trust me, uh, they would on their end. <laughs> I mean, some some national guys, um, they have uh, bed and breakfast just on the uh, just on the hallway from uh, head football coaches in uh, northern Midwest states, right? <laughs> and I don't know if they saw six Notre Dame games last year, but they were. 
uh, twice a week at some at some points uh, commenting on the program. And so you got to call that out. But yeah, it's all tongue in cheek, right? I don't think we've ever been necessarily overly mean to anyone. For the most part. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess what I would say is we've we've tried really hard to. First of all, we're voracious consumers of other people's content, so um, you know. Still waiting on that the, that Jude podcast on podcast. Yeah, exactly the the meta podcast, right? Um, but it, but it also means we respect. There's a lot of respect that right. We, we have wouldn't for, we wouldn't listen to it if it, if it, it it contained no value. I mean, that's why I gave up on Brian Driscoll a long time ago. So I mean, he he knows his X's and O's, but. I personally know, like you know, just had enough bad experiences with him where I don't, I don't need to continue to support him in any way, you know. So that's that's, but that's my personal thing. Like a lot of people like Brian Durskill, and I'll, 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 I would, I'd be the first person to say, a lot of times when I listen to his podcast, I learn things about the way that Notre Dame runs plays, you know, the the way that offense and defense are set up. Um, so I've learned a lot from him. I just, I just personally find him disagreeable. But everybody else, well, is I mean, pretty much. You learned that that's how he thinks that they do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I can't, but I can't, I can't say that. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I just the other thing is, you know, look, if if I if I criticize, you know, Pete Sampson, it definitely doesn't mean that I know more than Pete Sampson. It just means I disagree with Pete Sampson, and I think, and I, I think I try to be, um, to disagree without being disagreeable. You know, so I, I really. You know, I, I've got nothing but love. Maybe we got blind spots, but we got nothing but love for Eric Carter and and, and Tyler over at the South Bend Tribune. We love those guys. Uh, I think they put out great content. I've been a happy subscriber for a couple of years to them or whatever. Gladly pay for them. I pay for Pete's stuff at the Athletic. Uh, I pay for Irish Illustrated. I think Tom uh, Lloyd does a great job, and, and Tim and and the Tims um, do a great job. Um, uh, the guy, know, the Tim, guys over at the guys over at Blue and Gold. Uh, you know, Lou's with, emoji you know, and Lou, yeah, Lou's been, uh, you know, uh, so Lou's a guy, uh, Lou is a guy that I basically emulate. So of course yeah. I got nothing but love for, for Lou's emoji. I mean, um, you know, Mike, 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 Singer, there, Pat, been a, Pat, Mike, Mike Singer, yeah, those, yeah. Those and, and, and Andrew, they've been great additions. I mean, I, I it's talk about additions by subtraction, you know, Mike Gould's uh, Lou's, hot take on COVID. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, that, that, uh, maybe not so much. That, that's, that's not what I'm going to go to bat for, but. Um, yeah, for the most part, look, I, I consume all their content. I, I really like their stuff and, and you're going to hear me say, Hey, I read this on the athletic or I, I, you know, I, I'm blue and gold the other day. I saw that or blah, 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 because I'm subscribed to a lot of these guys. I read their stuff, uh, every single day and you know, they're, they're the beat guys. Um, you know, we're just, the, we're the, we're the, uh, we're that we're the outer ring, you know, we're, I'm a half you know, beat. I'm a half beat. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're I mean, I think that I think the first <laughs> reviewer, I think the first reviewer really kind of quantified it well. I've I've come to think of these podcasts as basically like calling you guys on the phone and saying like, let's jab about like the the things that have happened in the last week for Notre Dame for Notre Dame football. You know what I mean? And I, I think that's that's how we kind of operate. It's a, more of a, a looser conversational thing. And so some of or that what's is in your oven or your VCR. Some of that is you know or Christmas movies. You know, yeah. Some of that is in August. Is, making fun of your, you know, your mutual acquaintances. So, uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's mean spirited. That's just my, uh, that's how I've always approached it is, is, um, you know, most of the stuff I've said out loud, I would say to that person's face. So, and I feel pretty comfortable with it. 
But uh, Brian Driscoll's blocked me, so I can't actually say anything to his face. <laughs> so <laughs> that's about it. Do you want me to pass him a note next time I see him? I no, nah, I don't. I think we I think we can leave that alone. <laughs> so no. I just I mean, you know, it, you it's a simple. It's you, a you lose me when you say that I plagiarize your stories and then you can't come up with one com, one uh, concrete example when when pressed on it, and you just ca- start with the ad hominem attacks. So you know that's just me. Yeah, I mean, it was just we'll we'll leave it at that. Like, look, I. I, I thank you for listening to the podcast, Xavier Twelve Three, and I really uh, thank you for the review uh, and the four stars. Maybe, maybe we might be able to find a way to um, uh, to entertain you over the next you know month or two uh, enough for you you'd reconsider a, a five star. That'd be great. But yeah, I mean, we are who we are, uh, and you know, we Jude said it best as far as what we read is is is, is say as much as anybody else out there, uh, the, the content that we bring in and I'm going to, I'm just not one to hold back, I guess <laughs> I, you know, I may pull my punch here and there. Uh, but if, if something's stupid, I'm going to call it stupid. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, you called my stuff stupid. I mean, I've called your stuff stupid. I mean, it's just like, you know, we don't oh, hold yeah, back like, from each other. No, no, no. So. Like, like the fucking, like the message I get from Jude, all pissed off that I, I did a post about uh, a fucking sim. <laughs> one post, one post about a about a sim game in my entire fourteen year career, just because there was nothing else going on, and I thought, hey, I'm gonna sit down and watch this. And Notre Dame beat the shit out of Clemson on this on the sim. I'm gonna write a funny story. Uh, blah blah blah. Oh yeah, here's Jude texting me. No, this is uncalled for. You, there, there, there's something else you can write about. Like, no, and it, and it, at that point yeah. of the night, no, I felt like sitting there watching this and doing this. No, and the best part. So, yes, we do it, through, we do it was, to each other. The best part of it was Josh said, I can't tell if you're just like <laughs> this is a, like a long con, like big joke or whatever, or you're just being shitty to me. And I had a choice where I could have been like, hey, you know what? Forget it. But I was like, you know what? I'm being shitty to you. <laughs> and he's like, it all right, well, he, he said, well, my response I is I don't care. <laughs> It's like everything I had because it was via text and not voice to voice, which with me is very important because <laughs> I can come off very in a totally different way just on words. Uh, it took everything I had to say, like, I fucking run this show. I'm the emperor. This is I'm going to fucking do this because I fucking said it at a story. But if I would have texted that, that would have really came off bad. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, anyway. look, I, I said yeah, my piece, you stuff. said yours, and we were done with it. So, but it's not like uh, it's not like I didn't come on this podcast and say that um, you know the greatest rivalry in college football uh, isn't going to happen this year with Notre Dame and Navy. Oof. That's rough. <laughs> I, mean, I mean. I just don't even like. Look, that's not. That's, there's I mean, there's like, a lot to unpack in that statement. That, yeah, lot, that's like, not a defensible position. I don't like. If you were saying, what, if you were saying in jest, like, okay, fine, you're saying in jest or whatever. But if you honestly believe that, like, get a fucking clue about what a rivalry is. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand that statement. Doesn't make any sense to me because I don't. I have a very different, very different definition of rivalry and we have talked about this we did two podcasts about rivalry and we talked <laughs> about our little art big our little art and i didn't even put navy down as a 
historical rival. Uh, that went to Army, by the way. Uh, but it's it's you are, a you are seventy nine thirteen and one against Navy. I don't understand how a, that's a rivalry. It's a tradition. It's a freaking tradition. Okay, that's fine. So you, but don't use the so word if you want to if you want to say that you're missing out, we're missing out this year on a law on a ninety three year tradition. That statement I can get behind. I mean, I don't care, and I'm happy about it. But I can understand your statement, and I can be like, okay. You liked that tradition, and we're not having that this year. I can see how that affects you. I'm I'm sorry um, that you can I can I mean can I get you a drink? Uh, but rivalry, no, 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 no. You're you are you are literally trashing uh, Notre Dame USC. Uh, just that one statement, or Notre Dame Michigan in the last you know 40 years. Texas, uh, Oklahoma, or or, Michigan, or Notre Ohio Dame. State. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, there's, I, about, there's about a hundred I could name before I named Notre Dame Navy. Uh, two hundred, uh, five hundred, you know. But I mean, if you want to talk about what are what are big Notre Dame traditions, right? That 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 is definitely a top five Notre Dame tradition is playing Navy. Wait, had would, them on your would you every year since would you also say that it's a tradition that Alabama plays an FCS school the week before the Iron Bowl because they've done it every it's year since one. the 1950s? Yeah, that is a tradition. Navy is our Navy is our SOCON. Navy is our Citadel. We play a better military uh, tradition than Alabama or Clemson does. Which just, is the pits because it's a triple option that, like, listen, I am not going to miss. And when I see people blovate about the loss of the 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 game and how it doesn't it, the season doesn't feel right without Navy, well, good. This 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 is a tradition that probably should die. Like like the people who serve up the um, sweet potatoes with marshmallows in them and Thanksgiving because their grandma did it. That's trash. Get it out of my house. I don't want it. I don't want to have to do install packages in a shortened Wait, season to play. Navy. You're not a fan of sweet potatoes. No, I love sweet, you don't potatoes, eat sweet potatoes, but get the marshmallows out of the already sweetened sweet potatoes. Why are you putting, why are you sweetening the already sweet, sweet potatoes? Are you, because that's what you do with sweet potatoes. What? No, there's like a hundred million things. You you cover them in butter and then you you soak them and, in and and marshmallow goo, and then you sprinkle a few marshmallows on top of the. What world are we living in where that is not sweet potatoes? I just what 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 is what is what is what places a marshmallow have with a sweet potato? That they're fucking married. Well, I think that it's time for much like the the Navy series. I think it's time for them to get a divorce because I think it'll be better for the kids well, overall. Hold on a second. Just, it's funny. It's funny that you say divorce, right? Because we got a whole monkey paw situation out of this that we really should talk about, which is oh, we got Navy dude. off the schedule. And because Navy got off the schedule, there was a little bit of a like, hey, do you still love me? Oh, yeah, baby. Let's extend this series to what? 2032? 2032. Or what? Yeah, it's in the 2030s. Right. So we just we gave them the we gave them the pin and the Letterman's jacket, 
and they were about to throw that back in our face. And we were like, and here's a bouquet of flowers and I'm taking you to prom and you'll always be my baby, you know? So let's, let's backtrack this just real quick. Sure. So we finally got some dates on Notre Dame's schedule. Right. I mean, we, we knew who the, who the, the 10 ACC opponents were, uh, it was, a, it was a great and kind of a, a, kind of a surprising day. A lot of emergency podcasts went up that went up after that. Uh, but still, it was still kind of flat without any dates. You can't, re- at least for me, I can't really preview a season without knowing the order of the season. It makes a of difference. Course. It's yeah, of course. It's not baseball. It's football. It makes a difference about who you play, when you play, uh, and all that. So, you know, Notre Dame, they, we finally get it from the ACC, uh, who look, Say what you will about the ACC, uh, but they do graphics really well, uh, and they—I think they dropped news fairly well. They—they they did a pretty, pretty good organized job. That this stuff takes some time, so they knew exactly what was happening and how they were going to do it. I'll give them some props on that. Uh, but so the way Notre Dame's schedule goes is, and just bear with me here. Uh, home Duke, home Western Michigan, who will be our one out of conference opponent. Uh, at Wake Forest, then a bye, then home against Florida State, home against Louisville, on the road to Pitt, on the road to Georgia Tech, at home versus Clemson, on the road at BC, a bye week again, then you go to the road on the road to North Carolina, and then you finish up with Syracuse at home. This starts on the second week of September, and that last game against Syracuse. In South Bend, December fifth. December fifth. I am so. I'm gonna wear. If I'm allowed in the press box, I will wear Carhartts to the press box. Uh, that's how. That's how geeked up I am about uh, a December game in South Bend. We don't end the season in California. Uh, the monkey paw. Everything I've talked about for years. Uh, uh, COVID has made uh, made dreams come true. So. Um, I should note that we should note that the North Carolina game is the first Jude, you let me know, but I'm pretty sure this is the first Friday game. Notre Dame has ever played. It's being played on black Friday. It is being played on black Friday. Uh, so after you buy your, your new TV, you can install it and watch North Carolina and Notre Dame. Well, they're not going to do black Friday though. A lot of the, a lot of the main, uh, big box stores and retailers, uh, are already prepping for just a, a a online Black Friday to make sure that they don't allow uh, large crowds in their stores. Wait, so, so you're saying that they don't want people to be in each other's faces screaming and throwing haymakers and punching no. and waiting in big lines? They are, they are not college athletics. Oh, okay. All right, good. So kind of amazing that Notre Dame would Notre Dame would have been around for a hundred and whatever years and they'd never played on a Friday. That just seems crazy to me. And they've done it. They've played on a Thursday. Uh, they played Vanderbilt. Uh, they've that was part they of their, on, uh, they definitely played on Sundays and Mondays too. Yep, Sundays yep. and Mondays. Yep. But uh, never a Friday, which is, I mean, I am a, I I've always been a big opponent, uh, a big critic with Friday games. I mean, Friday, you know, Ohio is a high school football state. Uh, Friday is sacred for high school football. It should be. Uh, you shouldn't have anybody worrying about uh, uh, about a college game on Friday. I, I, I think it's shitty. 
Uh, in this circumstance, uh, there probably won't be any high school football. Uh, there, and eleven twenty-seven. Uh, eh, I, I guess it depends on where you're at. Uh, but yeah, I'm not a big fan. I would Thursdays are fine. Fridays have always held sacred for uh, high school. So I'm a little annoyed just because the 28th is my birthday, and I, I you know, I think it's <laughs> nice that they would have played a game on my birthday when it falls on a Saturday, but. Whatever. I don't know. Did that work out better for you? Because I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. My my birthday is in August, and it was always it's a it's two a day season usually. My birthday, so I guess I, <laughs> I have a whole different outlook about it. But yeah, I kind of don't want football on my birthday. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess when you're puking your guts out in uh, 100 degree heat and 100 percent humidity, uh, you feel a little bit differently about it. But would you want that, Jude? You'd you want the birthday. The birthday game? Well, they do play on my birthday. Uh, they play every couple of years on my birthday. So, I, I, yeah, it's either every six or 13 years they play on my birthday. Now, the history on my birthday hasn't been very good because uh, they like to lose to Stanford or USC on my birthday. But, um, you know, I, I like it because, look, football is community for me. So um, watching football games with my father is a great thing. And if, if it's my birthday, then I'm probably most likely at my parents' house. And so it just it just feels like, you know, it just feels right. So to me, that makes sense. And then, and then one thing is just to bring it back to this, this conversation a little bit. I guess I'm very sympathetic to to one type of person who's complaining about the Navy, game, which are people that went through the Navy and graduated from Notre Dame. And so I'm thinking of people like um, – Maybe Lisa's dad that has like the Naval Academy affiliation, but also graduated from Notre Dame. Um, you know, I guess if I had if I had a close relationship between two different schools and they had played each other every every single year, and it was an opportunity for me to get together with my buddies or whatever and see buddies on both sides, um, then I would feel sad that that went away. But anybody who's just like upset about Navy who has really no really no special attachment should be way more upset about USC. That's an actual legit game that we get credit for if we beat them. So legit, legit. You get, Cause you get no legit credit for beating. And you know, it's, Navy's a trip to the dentist every year. It's just I mean, pulling the, teeth. The person on our website, and I forget who it is, but full credits to them. The person who said in the comments, we will get as much credit for beating Western Michigan as we will get for beating Navy was a hundred percent spot on. That's just yeah, the way. Clearwall, I think so. Clearwall said that. Yeah. Then he's he's hundred percent right. Congrats to Clearwall because that's unfortunately the way it is. Beating that, Navy, I mean, even a ranked Navy team by twenty points. By thirty, you beat them by nothing. thirty points. Yeah, nothing. gets you nothing. Yeah, it's it's not cool. It's, it's not cool, bro. It's it like this has nothing to do. I I don't like fans like touting up the whole injury thing because I don't buy into that. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's the fact that that it is a worthless part of your schedule as far as like what you were actually trying to do. Um, if, you know, if you're just interested in like the story and tradition and all that, okay. But I mean, that's not for me. Like I'm a big tradition guy and I like all sorts of, I mean, I'm the, I'm the guy touting up the fucking rivalry trophies, uh, all the time. You know, I love college football for all, all of what it means, all what it involves. But at the same time, we're also in the position where it's, I won't say championship or bust, but that's your goal, right? And if here's an impediment on your schedule in the way that 
it's not like negotiable, you know, in a set, you know, the way that they have it, uh, it can't bring a different team around. It's the same team that means nothing every year. It just, it's boring to me. It just, it, it doesn't, doesn't move any kind of needle. Uh, the only good thing about playing Navy is that, uh, the game doesn't take four hours. (laughs) Well, if you're, if you're in championship or bus mode and Brian Kelly in a press conference, uh, earlier this summer, State, uh, I guess, uh, with, with Scott Van Pelt when he was laying out sort of the things and they were talking about install and that they were go- just sort of the initial post-COVID press conference, right, where Kelly said, we are going to have a more limited playbook. You cannot have Navy on the schedule if you were going into a season with a limited playbook, not having a spring, not having a lot of those installs, you cannot right. have Navy on the schedule because you have to dedicate chunks of weeks and like between games and during the season to prepare for the triple option. You can't just let's, roll the balls out. You can't do the Charlie Weiss just roll the balls out 2007 and be like, all right, we're fine. And then your team yeah, should that- not. That's an excellent point because I want to make sure something's very clear uh, to all the listeners out there and readers of One Foot Down. Um, and I, I want to speak for all of us on this uh, because I think we all feel the same way. But I want to make this very clear. I do not discount Navy as an opponent at all. No. I, I, I get like I, I, I'm not sure. I respect Navy like immensely and playing Navy sucks because of what, what Brennan just said, your preparation that it takes away from the other styles that you have to go against is a detour. And then the team you have to play after the next week, it it is a, is a big impediment on Notre Dame's schedule. It makes Navy tough as balls and just go back and look over the last, you know, the, throughout the series, even through the huge 40 game streak, there was plenty of times Notre Dame could have easily had dropped a game to Navy. I'm not trying to do, I'm not trying to discount them as just some rando team. The whole point of it is that it just, it does nothing for your schedule. And, you know, there's all sorts of other little things. Like I hate having to travel to San Diego and back to New York and then back out to California. The other, or a game overseas. There's a lot of little things inside there that make it an annoying enough for me to like this. This is not doing anything for me. It's making it harder for Notre Dame and no one cares. Like it does not matter to anybody else because it's Navy. Uh, but look, I, and it's, it's just, it's not a fun week. Like it's not an opponent. You could, you know, it's not like a Michigan or a USC where there's all sorts of jokes to talk shit about and have fun with. Like in the way that we like to, right? I mean, it's college football, right? You're supposed to have fun with us. But I mean, Notre Dame fans like just like get beside themselves uh, and just jump it out in front of the bus to defend Navy every chance they get uh, with any kind of criticism. It's just it's no fun. It's no yeah. fun. And if I may, I, I I was with Brennan. I audibly groaned when Pete Sampson had written a line that said. God, country, and Notre Dame, it seems like only two out of three were respected. Like, it's not disrespectful to our nation to not play Navy. We do not owe a debt to Navy that hasn't already been paid many times over. If you're talking about a financial impact and you could say, oh, well, they saved us forever, 
so therefore everything is theirs. I mean, don't get ridiculous, but in terms of, you know, this being a, a thing in which Navy is owed something or that, you know, quote unquote, Father Hesburgh is going to roll over in his grave. And I didn't say Pete said that, but I saw that quote on, I believe, on Twitter this week or whatever. It's it's done. We've played Navy every single year since 1927. It's OK to take a year break. And I like and I really appreciate that Jack Swarbrick was like basically said to Eric Hansen of South Bend Tribune. Yeah, we could have made this work. It just would have been a lot more difficult. And so we didn't want to do that. You know, he was like, he's, he's reflecting the reality of the situation, which is like, I'm not going to move heaven and earth to just have this stupid, um, tradition, you know, carried on for one year when it's going to mess up my schedule for, you know, 2021 and beyond. I look, why is this, why is this Notre Dame's fault? Why is this not Navy's fault? I mean, Navy, if Navy really wanted this game. For all you people out there that are pissed about Notre Dame, if this game could have happened still, if Navy just would have, uh, you know, they could have they could have made it happen. Yeah, they could have got a Nimitz aircraft carrier, Nimitz class aircraft carrier, and put it out in the middle <laughs> well, of the I mean, Atlantic Ocean. They could have just said, okay, we're gonna because we're not going to Ireland, and because you can't come to to uh, to Annapolis, we'll we'll play we'll play you at, at, at your state at your stadium. Two years in a row. It could have. It could have been in Jacksonville. I mean, I think, it, it, it only needed to be an ACC. It only needed to be a state no, that has an ACC. A, I thought no, it, it, it had to be a state with an ACC. Your state. Need to be in your state. But they could have just said, "Yeah, we'll play you two two years in a row at your house." Uh, I mean, what's the, this? If this is Navy, who like this is like their signature game on the schedule outside of Army, and this like we owe them a huge debt, right? Because they did something that was like what they were supposed to. And that's prepare uh, people for war in the forties. Uh, I mean, they're just doing their job, but so also, you know, like Navy could have made this happen if they wanted to. Of course. Just, Navy, Navy made this Chuck, happen. I mean, Chuck, maybe Chuck glad Chuck jr. Didn't, he didn't want any of this smoke. I don't know. Shit. Um, look in 1992 and 93, Notre Dame played on the road, giant stadium and veteran stadium in consecutive years against Navy. And then Navy came to, uh, Notre Dame Stadium, ninety four, ninety five, and the reason that got moved around that we've written about before is because the the whole thing with Penn State departing off the schedule and Florida State being added on and it screwed with the date that they had with Navy. So Navy was like, "Yeah, we'll play you two years and we'll play you two years in a row at your place." Like it worked out, you know. They can they could have worked this out. Now, having said that, I think Navy got a pretty cool game in replacement. They're having BYU come and play them. Like I think that's cool, you know. Because I think that's a matchup that you wouldn't necessarily see. And, you know, I think it's it's a it's not a Notre Dame flashy, but it's still it's not Liberty. You know? Yeah. It's not what the rest of the ACC is doing. Is Correct. Uh, Liberty. Well, one of the problems, too, is that um, getting into the Liberty is going to be a problem with their newly uh, <laughs> their drunk athletic director on the outs. Or VP. You're a drunk president. Uh, yeah, j- drunk president on the outs. Um, the MAC might be a problem too, because NIU doesn't seem to. They don't think that they can afford playing football this season. And if the MAC out, um, and I don't necessarily think that the MAC out, because another component as well as you see, the Missouri Valley Conference has stated that they're going to a spring schedule, but they're allowing for their member schools to 
play they are allowing their schools to play this fall as well so oklahoma is going to be able to play i believe arkansas state um is still going to be on the docket for them so they can get those windfalls so i wonder if matt the mac does go to a spring schedule boston college plays a mac school they play ohio pitt plays a mac school they play miami of ohio and then obviously notre dame plays western michigan so even if the mac because you might see in the next week or so the mac announce like a lot of group of five programs that can't afford the testing. Hey, we're pushing it to the spring. They might let their schools play some out of conference games to make that million. How much, how much money is Western getting from Notre Dame? Like 750,000, 600,000. No, like I think it's that. like 1.2 to be honest. 1.2 yeah. million. I mean, yeah, that I mean, does, done. Does Western. the entire Mac have to, I mean, can't, can't Northern Illinois just be like, we're not playing. And that's, it doesn't have to kill the yeah. whole conference. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then you just sort of figure you work around it. And you might end up seeing that maybe in the Pac-12, uh, maybe even in the ACC with Syracuse players sort of shutting it down today. Um, but it's going to be an interesting season. Uh, don't take away my December 5th okay. game. No, don't take away my December 5th game. Uh, maybe, USC, joy. maybe USC will uh, be willing to toss up some birds to uh, – to, uh, the you know Pac-12 and fly out to because uh, they're not going to be playing in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, maybe they can fly out to uh, South Bend and return the favor. But so looking, we haven't. I mean, we've we've mentioned some parts of the schedule, um, specifically Navy. Looking at the schedule, other than the Black Friday, the two one of the weird components is that Notre Dame does have two bye weeks. And both of those bye weeks, a lot of times when we look at it, especially playing the ACC. It's like, well, how, last year, how many ACC teams were coming off a bye? It was, it was seemingly every single team was coming off a bye to play Notre Dame last year. Well, this year, um, Notre Dame plays Florida State coming off a bye. Florida State also is coming off a bye. So both teams get a bye before playing each other on 10-10. And then that Black Friday game, North Carolina is also coming off a bye. And those are the only two instances where Notre Dame is playing an opponent off of a bye week is also weeks that Notre Dame's on a bye. And when I look at this schedule, it looks, it looks like it, I I don't want to be forward, but it sort of looks like the ACC, um, the ACC sort of kicked the rest of the conference. It put them in the back seat and then Notre Dame's up in the bucket seat, and they're pulling them real close and being like, come on, because this this looks like a sweetheart job, doesn't it? If you look at the other team's schedules, I mean, Clemson had a bye week before playing Notre Dame um, in pre-COVID era. Now Clemson is playing Boston College and Phil Jerkovic. Well, I'm glad COVID. you brought up buys because there's there's something I, I want to make sure – I want to make sure people uh, get a – Get this information um, because look, I think we need to give Jack Swarbrick. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to prelude with this. You need to give Jack Swarbrick kind of a little bit of a hand of applause. I mean, just pat him on his back when you see him. Good job, Jack. Uh, I hope you don't get COVID uh, because look, the TV money, first of all, was a, was a, is a stupid thing, right? Like I, I saw Michael Kim on the stadium, like like almost like gloating that Notre Dame's giving up that NBC TV money, uh, but they're actually getting paid more money 
<laughs> by doing that this year. So it's not a that's not a tough decision. But on top of that, this the schedule that Notre Dame has for this year, the way that it falls in terms of their academic calendar, which is a big deal, uh, as we've seen midterm, you know, you know, midterm week has just been is torture, right? That, that's when a lot of bad things happen. Uh, so j- just to let you guys know, Notre Dame's finals week is during the last bye week. It's the uh, November 16th to the 20th. Uh, so you're, you're on a bye during finals week. It's perfect. But also, and probably even more importantly, um, maybe not more importantly, but one that historically has been just tough of uh, the midterm exams. And this year, the professors, it's up to them uh, kind of, uh, you know, it's up to the instructors about how they go about them. But the first, the first bye week is exactly halfway through classes. So that would be generally the time where you would see a midterm go up. Uh, and so as far as learning academic calendar goes, yeah, it is a sweetheart kind of a schedule. Um, the way they have it set up, you know, to, to run this out. So, uh, good job, Jack. I mean, how that happened. I mean, you got a bye week for midterms and a bye week for finals. That's uh, for a place like Notre Dame. That's extremely important. I mean, that's that's more important than like the rest and the extra prep for the next team is really just that week where they're not killing themselves on the football field and in the classroom. I guess for you and Jude, other than the low hanging fruit of the Boston College following Clemson. <laughs> is there is there something that really jumps out to you when you look at this schedule? I mean, there's a, there's definitely some things that jump out to me when I look at it, but to you guys, what jumps out to you other than you know the the obvious? I, I mean, I, I think there was a there was a dozen stories written, and I'm, maybe our site said something similar about the fact that we traded a tougher schedule for an easier schedule. Um, yes. I, I don't think that could be stated enough. Um, you know, look, Wisconsin came off the schedule, USC and Stanford came off the schedule. You, you added people like Florida state. I mean, USC seems legit Boston college and Syracuse, not so much. Right. So like when you look at that and you think to yourself, all right, we got rid of the, the, the Navy thing and, and our Navy was basically a swap for, for Western Michigan, which it's not exactly because both of those guys were on the schedule, but you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, you just, you sit there and you go, uh, they could shut this thing down after five weeks and Notre Dame could be five and oh, they could shut this thing oh, down easy. after, you know, seven weeks and Notre Dame could be seven and oh, you know what I mean? So, um, Which it just eight, eight week is, uh, is Clemson. <laughs> yeah. That's why <laughs> for game eight's Clemson. <laughs> for a big seven. So, well, um, I, I just, that's what my takeaway was. And also I thought it was smart. Um, you know, to your point, I thought it was smart that they, they lined up the bye weeks. So it looks like, you know, the teams are having buys at the same time. So there's some flexibility there. If something happens with, with right. testing or whatever, and they got to move it up a week. So I guess there's, for me, there's two things that, that kind of stand out from here. Um, it, one of them, and, and I did not know one of them. I did not know until maybe just a few hours ago. Uh, but I still cannot believe that Notre Dame and Wake Forest are playing uh, in Charlotte at yeah, NFL so state still happening. Yeah. And, th- but that is because that is an actually, that game is actually sponsored. Duke's I did Mayo. not know that Duke's Mayo, baby. It's Mayo uh, bowl, baby, which, which I have just, I have 
as soon as they announced that Dukes was the a new bowl sponsor, uh, that's when I bought my first uh, jar of Dukes Mayo. And Have they announced the spread? I'm never going back. Yet. I'm never I'm never going back to Hellman's or anything else. It's it's gonna be fucking Dukes for life. Uh, so they they knew what they were doing when uh, sponsored that bowl game. But yeah, this game against Wake Forest that is a sponsored game by Dukes. So what's I, the I spread for the Dukes Mayo Bowl? Oh, <laughs> oh, uh, deliciousness. Uh, <laughs> every uh, Midwestern uh, recipe you can think of. Uh, uh, even though I know that's Dukes is like a big Southern thing. Maybe that's why I just bought my first jar. Uh, so the, that stands out that they're still doing that there. That has, just seems silly uh, and just stupid, honestly. Um, and then the other one really is, uh, I, is, is Florida State. I, Mike, I, Mike Norvell's first season, James yeah, Blackman, a multi-year well, starter. Florida State could be sneaky. They could be um, good. I'm kind of worried mean, they, about it. They could be good. But I, I like Norvell a lot. I like him a lot. I do too. Uh, I, I just think that's a that's a little true. I would have liked to have seen Florida State in November rather than October yeah. in South. Uh, I've seen that before, and that, that goes over pretty good with Florida guys. Uh, so those two things, but I, I got to ask you guys, I, I am already like beyond sick and fucking tired of hearing about Boston college and Phil Jerkovic. That was I, my, that was my I, sort of like, intro where I called I it low hanging fruit. I thought game, it was 21st, but I don't look at that game as anything. Like I get the I, whole, I just want, I just want to get replayed. Yeah. I, I understand the whole 93 correlation they want to put on it. And, but I mean, do people, I mean, there's really Notre Dame fans out there that think Jerkovic got a raw deal. Like he should and, be starting. That's, that's why I want to see the game get played because I, I think, and I, I think, agree, but I think we, I, just, I think we always mythology. We, not we collectively, but there's a subset of our fan base that mythologizes the backup quarterback says he's better and like you, to your point, got a raw deal. And so that that game needs to be played because when Kyle Hamilton picks him off for the third time, maybe those people <laughs> will just go, oh, maybe that guy wasn't that great at all. You know what I mean? Or maybe he has a, a genre-busting experience where he becomes basically the first um, Notre Dame transfer quarterback since, what, what would you say, Zach Frazier? To do anything of consequence, Zach Kustak. Well, I mean, the, uh, the only thing that I mean, Zach Kustak had a better. You could Kustak's better than Frazier. Frazier's only yeah. claim to fame is that that they beat Notre Dame. They, they beat Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do that well. It's 2009. It was Weiss's uh, swan song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the game he came out snot bubbles uh, arm in arm with uh, the players. So. Again, remind yourself of the quarterbacks that have transferred away from Notre Dame and ask yourself which one of them you would have, you would have most liked to have had back. Uh, speaking of loose emoji, he did a, he did a big piece on the, uh, the transfer quarterbacks recently. I, I didn't read it yet. Uh, but I would highly recommend, uh, I think it's a free article. I recommend everyone go check that out. Cause it was like 20, 47, quarterbacks in 24 years i can't even remember what the uh what the count was but it well it hasn't it was, been that many but you do get it's a I big mean, number you, you tend to get one you know 
every once you get one. I you can think you can think about it. Brandon Wimbush, Malik Zaire, Dan Chris. I mean, you can go back. Andrew Hendricks, like define transfer. Right? Is it I, a guy's pursuing graduate years, or is it like I'm leaving the program? I'm pretty sure Demetrius Jackson could have started at linebacker in 2009 from Notre Dame. You mean Demetrius, Demetrius Jones? Jones? Oh, yeah, Jones? Yeah, Demetrius Jones. Yeah, Demetrius Jones. Demetrius Jackson would have been different at, at linebacker. He would have been a little small. <laughs> he would have been. He actually probably would have been. He, he, he would have been ever allowed him. The yeah, best part, been, the best part, and I, I should have sent it to you guys. I should have sent it in the group chat. But the best part, did you guys see the unveiling video that, that Boston College did for Phil Jakovic? Did you yeah. see what they did at the end where they literally put the phonetic pronunciation of his name? Because they know. They've been listening to Notre Dame play Notre Dame fans butchering this last name. Even people that support this dude butchering his Ooh, last name. <laughs> you talk about Phil Jer- Jerkovic, <laughs> the Yinza. This is Notre Dame, where we will, if there's a quarterback, we will rename him. Yeah, Tommy Reese, uh, Joe Thiesman, Everett Golston. Yeah, we uh, we, will, we will rename. Give us a. Uh, this whole conversation reminds me of the uh, review I just read about being petty and small. I am. I am exactly that petty. <laughs> this, this is college football. And trust me, I am right on the level of pettiness that college football deserves, which is petty as fuck. <laughs> so it is Jerkovic uh, from for life. I only I only pronounce it correctly, like just just so Jude didn't have a heart attack. I mean, Boston College is a team devoid of any sort of real talent. They don't have a talent. They don't have any talent at any skill positions. Um, no, no, no. They return. No, no, no. They return a lot of line. They return most of their defense, uh, and I think they return most of their offensive line. But they don't they return. return most of their line. They have a. They almost they still anything. Have, still have a decent running back, but look, like that offensive line. Just go back and watch the film last year. This is we played them last year. Did it seem like it was much of a problem? Did it no. seem like did it seem like even if they had a who's better their, who's quarterback? Their, who's their running back this year? AJ Dillon's gone, right? So who's their running back? Uh it's the AJ Dillon was a sixteen hundred yard running back last year. Right, but they had another I'm not running sure back. Quit. I don't know if anybody else got touches last year. He had like three hundred touches. Uh, you're gonna make me look up his name. It's it just, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, matter. It it doesn't does, like to do the rock. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Boston yeah. college is a has been program that doesn't have any talented players. And maybe old Mark Yates will be able to pull some boys in to, to get them up. But I don't understand. I mean, Phil doesn't have a lot of weapons to work with. And if, um, you know, Stuart Mandel wants to talk about teams that don't have, um, skill players, Boston College is a team devoid of skill players. And of course, watch Phil go out and run for 300 and, and okay. throw for a buck 50. But David, David Bailey, David Bailey is the running back. That was the name I was thinking of. Bailey returns. Cool. Is he good? How many yeah. how, what did you do last year? He, he's, a, he's a good running back. He had, a, he had 844 yards last yeah. year, uh, averaged uh, 5.9 yards carry, which was more than Dylan, had eight touchdowns. Uh, he put a buck seventy-two on Cuse. I Nobody mean, David, David that was a carrier dome. Nobody goes to the carrier dome and puts a buck seventy-two <laughs> on the fighting Dino. <laughs> Brandon, What's going back, on here? Brandon, back, back up for a second. Who the hell's Mark H? I missed this. Mark uh, Herzlick? Yeah, 
or um, there. Uh, what's his name? The uh, uh... this is excellent radio. Are Mark you talking Telfer? about Mark Herzlick? Yeah. No. Uh, uh, yeah. They're um, uh, Jeff. No, Jeff E. H. Uh, Jeff Halfley. Yeah. Halfley. Oh, yeah. Halfley. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I had saw. I had saw some quotes from Herzlick lately. That's why I, I I instantly just gravitated towards. That's what you were saying. Okay. Halfley. Yeah. Yeah, he was the OC. He was the DC at uh, Ohio State or co DC with uh, Greggy Matz. Uh, I don't know. It just friend of the program, Greg Madison. Listen, I I have those. I am already sick and tired of fucking talking about BC and Phil. Uh, it just it look. I I I put that story up. It did none of this. This all like, is just a bunch of. Do you of, think he's even the starting quarterback if we get that far yes, in this season? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So it's not uh, a Brent, Brandon Winbush situation or Malik. Dennis Grissel, Dennis Grissel is not going to uh, look. It's a new coaching staff. There isn't a. Oh, they're going to start that, fresh. That has eligibility that that's coming in or anything. Even as a uh, walk-on. Maybe, but I mean, it's it's Grissel. I don't know. If, um, uh, they only they only had a few. Yeah, it, like it's going to be filler filler Dennis. And it ain't going to be Dennis. <laughs> it's a new coaching staff. They're going to put, it's good. They're going to take their guy that they, they're, they're big fish that they caught and they're just going to roll with it. Uh, I mean, maybe, I mean, it's, it's a Boston. It depends on what kind of offense Boston college runs too. You would uh, assume, yeah. you would assume that it would be something tangentially to Ohio state, right? They would try and run something. Well, I mean, Halfley was defense, not often. I mean, it's right. Not... But you would bring over sort of a similar, um, similar system that, that you had been under. I would think if I was Phil, uh, Jerkovic, I would prepare myself now for lots of bruises, uh, because I believe they will try to use him as much as possible in the run game. Uh, so, uh, prep up for the hits you're about to get it. It's gonna probably, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough for him. And I he's mean, got I, he's got the I, Clemson I game before because before Notre Dame they play. I mean, immediately before they go back to the Carrier Dome, um, or I guess it's been renamed, right, Jude? Is that right? Uh, what, it's, uh, well, yeah, it's still the Carrier Dome, but they started calling it the dome because Car- they're in negotiations with carrier about the renewal rights. So whatever. Oh, I, thought gonna, I thought you were going to say it was uh, Paul Pasqualoni field at the carrier dome. Yeah, poly <laughs> poly P field. Um, they're going up to the poly P uh, you know, and that's right by the, the, the Donovan McNabb parking lot. And um, yeah, but they got to play Clemson before then. And they all, they, they have to play Pitt in yeah. In North Carolina, Virginia tech. So they play some teams that can get after the quarterback, um, North Carolina excluded. But yeah, Phil will take some hits. So maybe, maybe Jude, you're right. Maybe it won't be Phil Jurgovic uh, <laughs> by that point, because he will have been uh, pummeled into a fine, fine dust, fine mist. We've, I mean, we've neglected talking about Louisville, who's after that Florida State game and before Pitt's super weapon. Yeah. Uh, no. Th- that would have been that would have been the third thing I you talk about standout. Uh, that that definitely would have been the the next one up on the board for me is the Louisville game. 
it's that three game stretch of FSU, Louisville, and then at Pitt, at Pitt Super Weapon is uh, that that's kind of interesting because I don't know what Florida State is um, first time head coach and Louisville. But you do know they're talented. I mean, it's not like it's not like Florida State fell off recruiting prior years. They're the they, second most talented have, team in the ACC. I think that right. that's undisputable. Well, are, are you now they're the third? The now they're the third. Now they're the third best, but they but were. Yeah, the, they're extremely talented. Extremely talented team. Terribly talented. Uh, but uh, you know they've had God. I mean that. How do you fuck up that program? Uh, <laughs> is the you know is a big thing. But uh, you know they're. They, I mean, they really have a. Ch- I mean, they could be one of those teams, and you, we see it every year. You see it every year in college football, where a new coach comes and it's like lightning in a bottle, right? Like I mean, on. fucking Tyrone Willingham got eight games out of that. They'll probably uh, be three and zero going into the Notre Dame game because it's Georgia Tech, Samford, my at Miami. So, in Miami, lost their, you know, all world pass rusher. Um, you got De'Ara King now, though. They do have De'Ara King now. Uh, and they have uh, QB one um, Tate Martell still on the roster, I, I believe. Mean, and, and that's another extremely talented team. I mean, Miami is not devoid of talent. It, it's I don't uh, know, man. You look at their recruiting classes, and you think that they would be. Um, but go look at some Miami recruiting classes. Recently, they've had some success, but on a five-year, um, it's it's not the ACC is a they're, whole. They're 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 more talented than Louisville. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, I mean, they're more, they're more talented than probably than North Carolina. Yep. Absolutely. North Carolina last year had a great recruiting class, but before that, um, you know, Larry Fedora wasn't, uh, wasn't getting it done. So I would say there's, there's some, I, I, I really don't want to refer to Florida state and Miami as sleeping giants, but in a sense they are. And if maybe my, I mean, Miami's issue has been a big issue has been quarterback play. And now you have this, you know, this dynamic playmaker and Derek King and Florida state's issue has been quarterback play and just terrible overall coaching period. And now we think that, you know, that that's all going to change for the better for them. You, you know, you might see the rise of the, of these four of these Florida programs back up. I mean, it's just silly to think that in a talent rich state like Florida, that you're been this bad for these many years in a row. Uh, and it's, you know, between Florida State and Miami. I mean, just it's like, you know, yeah, you know, Florida State and the Jimmy, uh, the Winston National Title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, since you know, 2014, so since that 2014 season, Florida State's been in an absolute freefall. And Miami's never won, never won a ACC title. Notre Dame could come into this conference in one year, win the <laughs> ACC, leave, never looking back, much like Gary Gray, just not looking back. <laughs> And Miami is is sitting there like, what? Having never won an ACC Much like Gary Anderson leaving uh, Wisconsin. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But 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 you had you had to throw in that Gary Gray reference. It hurts so bad, and that's how we feel better. (laughs) I don't know. you know, we, we touched about, you know, the, the schedule now is uh, on paper is, de- is easier than than before. Uh, what did you guys make of the uh, of the coaches poll that dropped, which is 
you know, it was, it's kind of a, a pretty fun day. Here comes the schedule uh, with, with dates and all that stuff. Uh, and then also here comes the, the coaches poll. Another name, of course, comes at ranked number 10. Um, again, so, I mean, anything that sticks out from you guys for, for this, I mean, it's the coaches poll, so we'll take it for what it is. I was scouring the top 10 for Iowa state and I couldn't find them. And I was very confused and very upset. And then I was like, well, maybe they're in the top 15 and I didn't see them there. And I go, well, maybe they're in the top 20 and they weren't there. And then I just gave up. But then I, I double checked again and I go, Oh, wait a minute. They're at number 25. Uh, cause Brett McMurphy, I think put them at number one. Uh, or <laughs> I guess that would be for the AP, but, uh, Maybe Matt Campbell put himself up there, uh, just barely inking out Tennessee. I don't know. Jude seems to have a pretty uh, – uh, you and Jude went at it with um, Big Ten teams seemingly ranking themselves ahead of Notre Dame uh, after the season. Well, if I, I, correctly. I, don't get, I don't get out of whack about preseason polls. The only the, – the thing that honestly – That's my ups, job. Upsets me the most <laughs> is that, that, that we don't – throw these in the waste bin after week one and just do entirely new polls. The people hang on to these polls doggedly for three, four, sometimes even five weeks and say, Oh, they say they don't, they say they don't, they say they don't, but the stats do not, the data does not lie. And so they're just not they They do not upset the apple cart. It takes a long time for teams in the top 10 to slip down. And it takes a long time for teams in the top 25 to get into the top 10. They don't like to make rash decisions, which I understand completely. But at the same time, like how many times have we had a, and I don't know, I'm not sure this is the coach's polls problem, but how many times have we had a preseason number one and that team is just like, you know, first of all, they didn't go wire to wire, but second of all, they could be like a 2012 USC That's where they barely USC. have a winning season. Right. I don't know if that'll happen to the top three of Clemson, yeah. Ohio state, Alabama, but I mean, I look at some teams in the top 10 and I think Notre Dame's about right. There is a demonstrative difference in the points awarded between the top 10 and then just between Notre Dame and Auburn. There's a bigger difference between Notre Dame and Auburn than there is between Notre Dame and Penn State at seven. Yeah, I mean, Oregon, Oregon, I don't I I guess Oregon returns a lot of players on their defense, but they lost most of their quarterback offensive line. Um, When people talk about I, I love how people rationalize like why they have this or that or, or why they think a team's good. And maybe it's, maybe it's just all in my head. And I, and I certainly, uh, that certainly could be true. Uh, in fact, it probably is true, but, uh, it seems like when Notre Dame, like if they lost the Ian book, uh, a 22 ranking, uh, and with just hammering the home that they have a new quarterback, yeah, uh, it, it would would be the the given narrative. Uh, with Oregon, I literally heard it say, uh, you know, they got a backup quarterback. They they they'll be fine. They and, just they'll be fine. That was literally said speaking about Oregon, and I'm like, that's not how it works though. That really isn't how it works. And then I look at LSU, who is a the reigning champion, very talented. But you lost a lot off that team, specifically Joe Burrow. And what was the biggest thing missing from LSU for years? Quarterback. Quarterback. And so Burrow's gone, mind you. 
and most of their defense it. and a lot of their entire offensive line. Uh, that's sort of I that's mean, that's I the love, handshake. That's the national coach. championship handshake. Yeah, that, I mean, because I mean, you you got Clemson, Ohio State, and then Bama, Georgia, LSU, and it's just kind of like. LSU just kind of seems to throw. I don't know, man. I, I'm not. Well, George not is sort to, of a, excuse me, what? You lost your left tackle, your quarterback. Um, you know, you're running back. And large swatches of what made your team good last year just sort of disappears into the wind. And then they're just, yeah, you know, Georgia. And like, oh, Oklahoma is the same way. They're just like, oh, yeah, Spencer Rattler, fine. And it's like, okay. Well, Spencer Rattler's got some Heisman odds right now. <laughs> well, I mean, if I you're an Oklahoma real. quarterback, um, it's probably not. Which I mean, entirely. which I mean is a is actually a a more is a truer uh, thing to say than the than they'll figure it out in Oregon. Uh, so I'll, I'll give I'll give Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma some credit there, but uh, you're still going to get blown out in the playoffs uh, <laughs> for, for fucking certain. Uh, but. Penn State's still going to finish second in the Big Ten East, um, as they have all but once in the last, like, I don't know, history of Penn State in the Big Ten. I don't know. I don't know if you guys saw today, but uh, the shutdown forecast made us try out. Yeah. Return uh, out of seemingly out of nowhere or maybe just out of the moon full of snakes. Uh, I like to think uh, that that's partially our uh, our impact is um, I think that well, I might have inspired the monkey paw. I mean, I, I don't know if it's OFD directly or just the fact that Notre Dame's in the ACC because the topic today was uh, with the ACC coastal as who was the most ACC coastal team. Anyways, uh, <laughs> but one of my favorite bits from today's show was they they while they were while they were recording is when the coaches pulled uh, dropped. And they were just throwing out, you know, just teams like, where do you think they're ranked at? They were so scarily accurate. <laughs> like, where's Texas? Like, we know Texas is ranked where they at. <laughs> I mean, they were, they were very accurate about where the poll was going to place them at. I just thought that was uh, it had me chuckling this morning. I got that notice at like six o'clock this morning uh, that was on. And I about I was driving home and I was like, oh, hell yes. Uh, but um it's just it's a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of normal. Like you look at a preseason poll, it's it's basically the same poll as every poll we've seen in the last thirty years. Uh, just kind of how it's going to figure out, especially when you start looking, you know, fifteen on down to twenty-five. Notre Dame seemingly just consistently since about I don't know uh, since twenty twelve, they just sort of slot Notre Dame anywhere between ten and fifteen now, right? Generally, I mean, I, I, it seems about right. Do, do you, do you remember a year where they were, where they were ranked lower than, than, I mean, I guess they started unranked in 2012, 2017, we were unranked to start of the season, right? 2018 seemed like a season where Notre Dame should have been ranked higher. Right. But I think that they still were only like 10. Maybe it was 11th. Cause there was a. Jude, what's the what's the stat that infuriates you the most about Notre Dame? Yeah, it was like Notre Dame hasn't started a season in the top ten and finished in the top ten since nineteen whatever. And it's just like, okay, well, if you change that number to eleven, it was like it was literally two thousand eighteen. Yeah, because they started yeah, the season at eight at number eleven in two thousand eighteen. Yeah, 
Yeah, or like I don't know. How about when you start unranked and finish second or third? Right. I mean, like who cares? Right? You, you like you completely throw that out the window. Yeah, it's just like when people are like. Notre Dame hasn't been relevant in, in in 30 years. And you're just like, well, 2012 happened. And they're like, yeah, but they got blown out. It's like somehow the 12 games that preceded that blowout didn't happen. You know, it's like, well, they weren't a legitimate good team. Like, okay, even well, if they two- got blown out, even getting blown out, even Oklahoma, I mean, I'm going to put this in the same bucket, Notre Dame and Oklahoma. And, and we will, blow, and for some reason, Oklahoma doesn't catch nearly as much flack and they should as Notre Dame. But even if you were to make the statement that they were irrelevant because of what happens in the playoffs or whatever, you are 100% wrong and inaccurate when you look at the, just the definition of the word relevant and the fact that they're totally fucking relevant if they're there and somebody else isn't. That is <laughs> that is relevant. Uh, getting there make, is relevancy. Uh, it, it, it's cause and effect. Go watch the show. Go watch that show dark and tell me what's relevant and what's not relevant. All right. Uh, it, it's, it's a stupid, it, it is the dumbest thing to say. It, it really is dumb to say about top programs like Notre Dame or Oklahoma. I mean, maybe Michigan is irrelevant. Michigan is an irrelevant program. I just think Michigan's poised for a breakthrough under Jim Harbaugh this season. I, I think this might be the year that they win the Big Ten East. You know what? They're gonna they're gonna be like three and zero, and they're gonna cancel the season. And they're gonna, they're gonna Chase Winovich is gonna help print T-shirts. Oh yeah, man! Like undefeated. They're gonna. I mean, people will tout the Harbaugh three and zero season as one of the great seasons of Michigan like, history. As soon as they, as soon as they, not as soon as maybe as soon as they announced the the uh, closing of the international league season, the Syracuse Mets came out with undefeated season T-shirts, and I was just like, you know, too soon, guys, too soon. You know, it's just like we're missing, we're missing sports. Like, don't rub it, don't like have a T-shirt that seems to enjoy the fact that we lost out on sports. But did you buy one, Jude? I did not buy one. Don't have T-shirts that uh, break copyright infringements too. By the way, ah, oh, that's some good. That's, <laughs> that's, that's some quality stuff right there. <laughs> that's a uh, that, that's I mean, a little bit of an inside I joke. I can't even believe that you would be skirting any kind of copyright uh, with your T-shirts. We we work so hard to to avoid that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not uh, my lawyer isn't present at the moment, uh, so I. <laughs> Look, you answer you need any to, questions. You need to shut that down because that was getting a lot of sales. You were you were killing it there, and you need to I'll, you know, I'll, start spreading I'll that say, I'll say this, Jude. I'll say this. Shocked. I was shocked. Like somebody <laughs> finally woke up. That's from a fucking lie. I don't think it was at all. <laughs> finally woke up from a slumber. So, Brandon, yeah. you know what we're talking about? Maybe Brandon doesn't even know. No, no. This joke is so inside. One of the co-hosts does not know the joke. That's good. Stonecutters, Brendan, look it up. You're gonna, it's gonna kill. It's gonna kill. Yeah, get so. the stonecutters. <laughs> All right. Well, do uh, I think that's what we got tonight. I mean, this can is, we can we talk quickly? Can we talk quickly about Mick Asaph? Oh yeah. No, that that was on my notes that I didn't write down. Um, <laughs> so, and, but, Mick, you know, 
I, I, I don't know the full story about Mick Asaph's. It sounds like he's the creator of this company. Is that true? Yeah. Yoke, Yoke Gaming. So yep. I think this is actually kind of a cool conceit, which is that it's sort of like, you know how Cameo is like, you get a celebrity to say things like, hey, I heard you're battling COVID. And like, you know, just, you know. Alec Baldwin, I, I wish you well, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, everyone, this is the D-list star from this, you know, trash TV show you watch. Just want to let you know that, you know, we're thinking of you and a happy birthday, happy 11th birthday to Christina, my biggest fan. You know, like instead of that, you're actually, you're actually, you know, all those, all those, um, football players that sit around and play video games all day when they're not like training and they're like, yo, who, who, you know, nobody want this fire or whatever, like FIFA 2k fire, you know, like now you can play video games with, uh, professional athletes. I think that's cool. Um, I don't know anything more about it than that, but I think the well, it certainly seems to be taken off because Mick Asaf is turning down, uh, a, a graduate degree. Uh, at Notre Dame to pursue this, and yeah. which I mean, this is what this is what uh, you're supposed to do, right? Like, he's got he's got he's graduated, he's got his degree, uh, and he's got a seemingly successful startup going on, uh, and he's gonna go go do that. That is like, that is all. Um, that's what that, that's that's what, just, that's what it's all about. That's what you're supposed to go do. And Notre um, Dame could certainly use these scholarships because last yeah. I checked, yeah. uh, now they're four over. Um, right. You know what I love? I love I love the fact that everybody like dismisses when I talk about this in February. Like it'll all just work out, and it generally does, right? But to me, it's like how it works out is what the interesting thing is. Yeah. And this I mean, this who, year, who, I left I left it alone mostly, and finally, I I put something out on the site the other day because I had it's August, and if you. Notre Dame is three scholarships over the limit right now. If you didn't include Mick Asaf and Colin Grenhard, which I, I'm still unclear. And I think a, there's quite a few people I, who are unclear. What, you can't what give Colin a scholarship and then just pull it, right? I, you would think, but I mean, maybe that was part of the conversation. Like, I don't know. That, that's what I'm saying. I, I think it's unclear. So it's three over. It was It's three over without Asaf. And ground hard now with Mick deciding to be uh, to be a grown up pro. Now it's now it could be just four. It's either three or four, which is in August still a big fucking number. I mean it's not one. It's <laughs> it is more than one. Uh, now there, I have done my best not to float names around. Uh, Irish Illustrated podcast uh, did a good enough job of uh, floating a bunch of names, or at least a handful of names, obvious names around. Um, I'm just going to assume that the attrition is going to come via uh, medical hardship at this point, because there's no sense. If someone was going to transfer, they would have transferred by now. Yeah, like where are they going? Yeah. Has the the Notre Dame roster updated Litchfield, Ajavon's number, and added a player who may or may not have been on it as well? Uh, I have not checked. Uh, and there's, I mean, there, we still haven't had a press conference. I mean, just, I'm still waiting on a, on a zoom link. I assume, uh, maybe next week. Uh, I, I thought it was going to come up this week, to be honest with you, but, uh, that wasn't the case, you know, and then we could ask Kelly, uh, you know, those questions and, and, 
get into it a little bit, get a little bit clarity. Um, but I mean, like I said, though, transfers are probably not what it is. It's going to be some medicals. And, you know, Isaiah Robertson is the guy that was not on the roster in the spring, but there were reasons he was classes or whatnot. He was taking um, at that time. That was the reasons that were given. Uh, it was academic as in he went, you know, was concentrated on school for spring. So what, what that means for, for now moving forward, I don't know, but uh, I'm just saying it's the big number. It's August 8th now that we're past midnight. Um, so it'll be interesting to find out how that shakes out and what that does to the depth chart. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, you know, Cole Mabry is a guy that's, keeps getting brought up because he's had a lot of injuries. So, I mean, but that's one guy. I mean, there's still more. So I just, I don't know. I mean, is, is Aaron's burger back in the United States? Yeah, I would assume so. I think everybody's here. Okay. I I mean, I, I, I really didn't know about Aaron's burger. I thought, well, maybe this would be the year where they just like, they finally, they use a gray shirt because he's going to be hanging out in Berlin. Uh, or not Berlin. But I mean, well, Dubestein Berliner, my friend. He's, oh, he's 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 Dusseldorf, right? Yeah, I, th- Dusseldorf? I think he's Dusseldorf. Okay. Anyways, it's it's a thing, it's a thing right now. But yeah, Mick Mick doing this makes it 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 does ease a little bit of the burden there. I don't know. That's a big that's a big number. It's a big number. It is a big number, and it is a big number. It's not like players are gonna tra- if they transfer now. It's not like they're going to get eligibility, which that well, you know, the scuttlebutt class, spring classes yeah. have got to be starting soon. They start. Right? They start on. They Monday. start Monday. Yep. Start right. on Monday. So we almost so, have to see I, action this weekend, right? To make I that work. Think, I think what we're going to find out is we're going to find out at the Brian Kelly press conference the start of. I mean, Monday, Tuesday, maybe. Um, we're going to get probably some scholarship numbers and maybe some guys who we sort of thought weren't going to be on the roster because they weren't on the roster in spring and they just had to clean up some things academically. Maybe they didn't clean up some things academically and there's some players that um, aren't there. That is best case scenario. I don't know what the worst case is because the worst case is, is you can't roll into a season over over uh, scholarship a little bit, and I don't so, know. My conspiracy theory that I tossed out uh, in that article too, I, or at least at least alluded to, alluded to it a little bit. I don't know, uh, Brendan. If you heard the last podcast you and I did together, I had another another hit on the head. Uh, so things have been a little. <laughs> oh, I heard little it. You're getting a, you're hitting, you're getting a, a monkey paw tattoo on your back. Oh, I heard it. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely gonna happen, and I I owed you. I mean, we haven't even touched on that. I owed you five bucks. Uh, happiest five bucks of my life. Uh, but uh, the, the conspiracy thought I had here was that the scholarship numbers will do not and will not matter right now because eventually the season is just going to get pushed to the spring. And so none of your scholarship numbers are going to matter until spring. And by then you'll have enough attrition like your early enrollees won't have to count, even if they're eligible, even if they say, yeah, they're eligible, which I don't think they do. Uh, but if they did, they wouldn't have to count. And you're going to have guys like probably like Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, Liam Eikenberg, 
who are just going to opt to prepare for the draft instead of play a spring season. That was my one bit of conspiracy, and that Notre Dame wasn't move, wasn't trying to move, um, do the the usual gentle uh, conversations about moving on uh, because of that. Well, they, I, I, the one problem is, is I have no reason to believe or anyone, because there will be a bunch, what we're going to see probably in the next, and, you know, you mentioned earlier the uh, the interview with Eric Hansen, which I recommend to everybody with Jack Schwarberg, recommend everybody going out and reading that interview with Jack Schwarberg with Eric Hansen. Um, one of the points that Schwarberg made is he said that a large component of this is bringing students on campus and that there is the fact that Notre Dame brings them in early on the 10th and there's a month until the season and sort of reading between the lines. Um, it seems to me like Jack seems to think that, yeah, there's going to be some positive and I guarantee you there's going to be some positive tests in the next week or two. Oh, hi baby. Little baby uncle. Yeah. It's the That's first awful. time I was able to uh, uh, to to not get the 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 mutant time for Charlotte. Um, so yeah, there's going to be some positive tests in the next few weeks. But do you think that they're going to start the season on time? And if they start the season on time, we need to have scholarships in place. Um. I don't know. It's a $64,000 question, right? That's what we've all spent a lot of time thinking about and debating. And I don't know that there's a, there's a good answer there. And I don't know if you can afford to play the kick the can down the road and just hope the season gets canceled with scholarships. No, no. Yeah. You got, you gotta, you gotta be ready to play that, that first day. So it's, it's going to happen. Look, it's, it always figures itself out. It's going to happen. You're exactly right. If, you know, Matt Freeman doesn't have him on the ISD board the night before Brian Kelly announces him at a press conference, I'll be very surprised. You know, like we're just it's going to happen. So I don't I don't worry about it. And and, and like Josh said, it's going to be people, you know, taking medical hardships. It's going to be people who, who are looking at their future and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm actually all I'm all set here. You know, I, I this job that I want to do. You know, it doesn't depend on coronavirus to be, you know, happening or not happening. I can just get it started. So that's my thing. So, okay. I mean, so you're, I mean, you're, you are on the, uh, definitely on the train of, of, uh, predestination, right? You're, you're, you're a Calvinist in this regard. <laughs> I don't know what it makes me, but, um, you know, look, I, I want to be, I mean, it makes you a fucking heretic is what it makes you, but yeah, I mean, I, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be, uh, look, uh, I, I got, I allowed myself to get excited when the ACC schedule got released and now I'm back to, you know, feeling the sads and trying to think about how this works because some second grader in Georgia got coronavirus on the first day that he was in school. <laughs> And Mississippi had to shut down or had to quarantine 100 kids in a school district because of quarantine outbreak. Like, I just, you know, I don't know how this happens, how this works. So uh, what I enjoy is that that uh, that particular Georgia school district said that they were going to follow the the science uh, to make their decisions. And there was actually doctors from Harvard that went down there to help them out. 
and told them to shut the shit down. Uh, and they did not because they're following science and not science. Uh, well, just, I, have some I, mean, big, I have some big breaking news, which is I just received $5 in my Venmo account from one Joshua Ua Vowels, Vowels, Voles, Voles. I am not I am not a transfer quarterback to Boston College, Jude. <laughs> last name correctly. That is Voles or Vales if you want to get fun with it. <laughs> Thank you for that $5. I will well, a little spice sure. in that shit. I will be sure to spend it on a Notre Dame program I do not deserve to have. So, and of which, uh, I successfully got 100 Notre Dame programs into this house and transferred $140 from Watertown, New York to South Bend, Indiana without my wife knowing. Show me. I'm going to email her the link to the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> She'd have to listen to two hours just to get to the payoff. Uh, I'll, I'll timestamp it for And then you're going to text me and say, are you just having fun with this or are you being shitty? <laughs> In order to get to – so there's two things you can get at the two-hour mark. You can get the fact that Jude's wife will find out that Jude's been ordering uh, programs on the slide and that a fifth metacarpal foot injury will keep Kevin Austin out of football <laughs> for the first six yeah, to eight weeks. Two hours. We didn't even bring like probably the most talented, the most talented skill player we have on offense. I guess I'll say that. I, I, I guess back I, the I, I, everyone seems so confident that this was not a big deal that I, I treated it like it wasn't a big deal. Maybe that, that was my bad, but like, is he going to actually miss a game? Uh, yeah, he almost oh, three yeah, games. He's going to miss a few. Like, uh, no. He'll miss the uh, he'll miss the first three games of the season, and well, we will, he will miss be back him during in Western Michigan. Yes, and Wake oh. Forest, and Duke, and Duke, and he will be, the the Florida State game is ten weeks after the injury after the surgery. So the Florida I State I, game. I put. I think I put in the story that you know t- to beat a team like Clemson, you need a guy like Kevin Austin on the field. Yeah. Uh, and so luckily he should be okay by that. I mean, that you were talking about game eight, which is nine weeks into the season, uh, which is still, I mean, that's literally three months away. Like it's three months almost on the dot uh, from today is the Clemson game. So it should be there. But I mean, you're looking up on some, you're missing out on some stat madness against like Duke, Western, Western Michigan, Wake Forest. Um, Josh, can you think of a single Notre Dame player in any sport that's had a fifth metacarpal injury that's rushed back from that injury too early and then gotten injured again on the same foot? Can you think of a single uh, Notre Dame football player not named I, Bonzi Colson? Oh, well, okay. Now I don't know. <laughs> football or football player. I, uh, Bonzi yeah, football Colson player. Was the first one. Uh, yeah, Bonzi well, did, uh, but that's a different that's different for a basketball player. In Bonzi without eight weeks, um, but I mean you're jumping and landing on that foot, which is not what you're doing. Uh, let's see, there was a, <laughs> there was an offensive there was an offensive lineman that couldn't put any weight on his uh, his foot that was still out there and he was getting beat. I can't remember who that was <clears throat> or what the exact was. Was he a true was. sophomore? Um, uh, yeah. Who is? Who is? Uh, yeah. Who is it? Who, I, yeah, I've forgotten too. 
the Notre Dame football player that have it? Wasn't it? Um, uh, it was going into the 2009 season or 2018 season, right? Is that what I'm thinking of? 2018. For a Notre Dame player, Notre Dame football player, offensive tackle who injured his his uh, fifth metacarpal. Is this is this Drew Tranquil? No. Was it? It was. He didn't miss any time though. I can't remember. Alex Barr. That was against. No, he was, was supposed to miss. It was like the north around the northwestern in eighteen with Tranquil. Uh, there's somebody screaming Brother, at your podcast Brother, you're right now. The yeah, you're gonna have to kill us. It's too late apparently. No, that's friend. it. it. It was no, no, that was it. It was it was Bonzi Colson was the one. That was it. It was the only. It was the only guy was a physical card. What the hell? You, you said I you kept saying football, football player. player. No, I said Notre Dame. I said Notre Dame player. And then I was like, of course it wasn't Bonzi Colson. No, it was ju- it was Bonzi Colson. He was the he he had the exact same injury. I swear, I, I swear to God, I heard you yeah, say Ophelia. football player. Yeah, Ophelia, be mad at your dad for that one. That was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Hainsey right, had, had an injury to his foot and basically hampered him the entire 2018. I thought that's that's kind of who I was thinking of, but there was I, there was another one. I thought Drew Tranquil really, had this injury. Am I wrong about that, or was it? No, you're not. That, no, maybe that was the thing around Northwestern, and and uh, it, it's why um, it's why Drew White. Everyone looked to the rosters to find out who number 40 was <laughs> against the Navy in 2018. Because uh, Drew White was out there, uh, which was a uh, God, man. How predictive was that? No, there was another offensive lineman that I just you could see it like out there. Like you cannot put the fucking weight on her. Why is he out there blocking? Maybe it was Hainsey, but I, I keep thinking it's another guy. I don't know. I'm losing my mind. Yeah, it sucks about but that sucks about Kevin Austin. Uh, but uh, uh, as has been brought up by other places, uh I have a lot of confidence in Bennett Skronik. I've had since I felt like I've defended him quite a bit since he transferred to Northwestern to Notre Dame. Um, this is a guy who has been very productive uh, at the FBS Power Five level as a receiver. Uh, he's fairly athletic. He's tall as shit. Uh, he's had some great catches. Um, I think that you know that you can only put so many wide receivers out at one time, and Notre Dame has got quite a few. Uh, but they're just, there's not a whole lot of stats. Javon McKinley is literally the leading wide receiver coming back from Notre Dame. Unless we're talking catches and it's uh, old Larry Keith, the third. Right. I mean, then you can get into the Tommy Tremble. I mean, it's, it's yeah. very light coming back on the, on, on the out. So there's a lot of talent, but it hasn't been used uh, quite a bit. You know, up to this point. So this is a year where the, the I mean, this is it. This is the year, right? Lawrence Keys, uh, Braden Lindsay, Kevin Austin was one. Uh, Joe Wilkins. Uh, <laughs> throw a Joe Wilkins reference out there. Um, Tommy Tremble, Brock. Ryan. I mean, there's just there's a lot lot to use there. Um, and now you add Bennett Skronik too uh, to that. Bennett, he's going to get a he's going to see the field a lot. Um, I don't know. So. Jude, you got anything that closes out off tonight? I just wanted to say that Julian Love got 
engaged right after Isaac Rochelle. And he got engaged to a girl named Julia, which I think is tough because his name is Julian and her name is Julia. And I don't know that that works, but I wish them all the best of luck. And oh, the Notre Dame player with the most returning starts at wide receiver in 2016. Does anybody remember that one? Uh, the most re- returning starts at wide receiver. James Anwalu. Who can forget the contributions of James Anwalu in 2015 and 16 for that matter? Yeah, not at, not a wide receiver, but uh, yeah, he had three starts his freshman year. So that was a little loose emoji stat back in 2016. Well, Anyways. and we can all remember how well the 2016 wide receiver play was uh, with <laughs> Tony Hunter and Ignatius uh, Brown. That was a, that was a fun little tidbit, Jude, that I saw you tweet out today about uh, uh, about Equinemius and uh, a little little, little yeah. bit of shade Brandon Wimbush's way. Of course, it's secondhand shade, right? Right. It's his right. dad repeating something he allegedly said. Which I think is ridiculous. Right. Because it's dad being a dick. Like right. Is. As somebody said, could you have just left Brandon Wimbush out of this? And the answer, of course, is yes. And so for anybody who, who missed it today, basically, John Brown was interviewed about uh, yeah, none of this, St. Uh, Brown. None of this is like news news. Like everybody knew no. that this was this was the case. Yeah. He was in, interviewed about Amon Ross St. Brown and he's about specifically if Amon Ra would leave if there was no season or if this season was in, in kind of in peril. And he said, this is a different, no, he's staying and he wants to stay. And he told me he wants to stay. And this is different than Equinemius. And he said, Equinemius didn't play much as a freshman with angered Brown. He said, pop, it doesn't matter if I play as a freshman. I'm only going to play three years anyways. Brown recalled. He said that to me. I go, okay. But in the back of my mind, I go, how do you know? But I didn't say anything. I just thought, okay, whatever. He said, I'm leaving because our quarterback is not the greatest. And because of that, my numbers went down. And if he continues to be our quarterback, my numbers are going to suffer even more. So he said, I'm going to give it a shot. I think I can make it. So, look, was his numbers going down because Brandon Wimbush was the quarterback? Of course they were. Yes. So it's not it's not exactly an unfair shot. I, I, You know, but at the same time, like and, and that was probably part of the the calculus that Equinemius St. Brown had to do in terms of like how many targets do I think I could reasonably get and how much more film can I, how much more can I put on tape? But, you know, as, as uh, Tim O'Malley pointed out, he also had a, a broken foot halfway through his freshman year. So this whole, like didn't play much as a freshman and his dad being upset about that. Like you can't be upset that your kid got hurt. I mean, so I got a question ta- though. What are about, you talking about? I got a question about all that. Sure. So, do our I, I don't want to put anybody down, uh, but but I, I I have to ask it like this: Are players that fucking stupid, or excuse me, do players think the NFL is that fucking stupid? Because, <laughs> I mean, do you think that they can't tell when a wide receiver doesn't have a quarterback that's very good. Like if they're still going to be a good wide receiver, you know what I mean? Landry like, Jones and Odell Beckham I mean, Jr. Are, do they think the uh, NFL <laughs> scouts are incapable of, of projecting like what, how a guy would do. And like when Deshaun Kaiser was the quarterback, if your stats went down, I, I don't, it didn't take a, a rocket science. I mean, it didn't take 
a fucking five-year-old to figure out why, you know, Brown's numbers went down. Why is he dumb? Why are they dumb enough to think that the scouts are too dumb to think about that? And by the way, you still have a combine. I mean, show up. I mean, his decision is his decision and that's fine. Right. But like, if you're basing it like solely off of that, that's fucking stupid. Well, that's just a dumb way to look at it. We've hashed this over a million and six times, but we've always talked about what if with Gunnar Keel, right? What if he had stayed for the 2013 season? Because the the reason, the understood reason why he left was he was third on the depth chart and he didn't like his position. So he, he thought that he could go play somewhere else and, and start quicker, right? Meanwhile, Everett Golson gets suspended and they're basically looking at Tommy Reese to be the savior, right? Which is, you can make maybe make the argument that Gunnar Keel could have beaten him out. So... Like the same thing with EQ St. Brown, which is if he stays, a Wimbush gets replaced in the third game and he's got Ian Book throwing to him. You know what I mean? Does that make his stats look better? I, I think you could probably argue that it makes his stats look better than they would under Brandon Wimbush. But, you know, you also have to think about it in terms of the fact like he's maybe he was thinking, look, my stat line isn't going to be that great. And I'm also increasing the risk of getting injured without getting compensated for it. Right. And so I think that's a lot. I think that should really be the overarching reason right. To, to, right. to go or stay. It shouldn't be about so much about who Brandon Wimbush is, because as we've seen, especially with Notre Dame quarterbacks, they can change in a New York minute. Right. So I don't think that should have been his number one. And I also don't think it, it was appropriate for his dad to, to say what, what he said, but. I'm also not surprised because if you watch the HBO special that came out a couple of years ago, his dad is just like he's not a normal human being. He's much he more of a his wife based off of her calf size. Yeah, he's toxic. He's more a Levar Ball than than he is yeah. like a like a normal dude. I, so. I do take issue, Jude, with you with you thinking that that Gunner Keel would be the savior instead of Rezus. I mean that that's like saying like John the Baptist was the savior and not Jesus. So, <laughs> uh, as a Packers fan, I, I, has EQ St. Brown had a healthy season <laughs> in in Green Bay? I know he sat out all of last season with a bum right, ankle, that, but what happened with That's the, an the emphatic no. And and Winnipeg, right? He broke what did he break? A foot? Yeah, that was some, that was some shit ass turf, dude. That was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Playing that he game missed up. all of last year, but that's I, like playing at Stanford. So it's I um I don't remember if he was healthy or not that first season. So. I think he was. I think he was healthy yeah. for most. He just played sparingly, right? Yeah, he didn't. I, I think he. I think he had like a, maybe started half the games, but he's uh, a guy that Aaron Rodgers isn't throwing under the bus. So he's a guy you could pretty much. I, so you could say he's pretty talented. Because if well, he wants I mean, it, Valdez Rogers, Scantling is Rogers the, wouldn't want him there, you know. <laughs> not, not well, like obviously, if he either. wasn't unscheduled, they would have drafted a wide receiver and not a uh, quarterback in the the draft, right? <laughs> True. What a oh man, no, we can't go down that path. I was gonna say and they wouldn't have drafted pretty, a running back, right? Because I mean, they, they have all kinds comments. of running. Josh, you must have been pretty psyched about Matt Mellisor's comments this week. The reporters about Rogers. No, I didn't hear it. I didn't. Didn't. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. Brandy, did you hear this at all? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He basically came out and said Aaron Rodgers is going to be our quarterback for a long time. Like, uh, what? Yeah. Well, I mean, 
what are the two best positions on the Green Bay Packers? It's the, the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, and it's, uh, you know, the running back, Aaron Jones. So what do they do in the first two rounds? They, they draft Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon. So uh, good on them. Good job, boys. You did I mean, it. I guess define long time. I mean, in 2020, uh, what do we consider long time anymore? I mean, I, I think the definition of time, God damn, I really did not need to watch that show dark. I am all <laughs> fucked up. Uh, but, like my whole definition of time is like completely off base now. Uh, but 2020 uh, has I mean, been a hell of a decade. I mean, it's two years a long time, three years a long time. It's, I mean, I don't think know, so. At, th- at three years. Well, I mean, for Aaron Rodgers, it's three years a long time now. You know what I'm saying? Like where, where you're at in your career and your age. Well, let's put it this way. If, if, if they got rid, if they jettisoned him in one year, then obviously a long time would be criticized. If they jettisoned him in two years, I think I, I still think two or three years, you still have that criticism. You're like, I mean, I think long time for people, like it, they probably stop giving him grief about it when, if Rogers makes another five years, but if he's going to make it another five years, then why the hell did you draft a quarterback in the first round? Uh, I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers should just tank the season and dare Green Bay to draft Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> uh, good luck, because uh, half of New England's roster is decided to sit out the season for the tank for Trevor. For, uh, for, for Trevor. <laughs> uh, you'll see. You'll instantly see a uh, a trade for uh, out to Oakland for Upper Renfro. Yeah. <laughs> he, finally, he finally made it home. Mama. Well, Brendan, you got anything to uh, to leave us on tonight? I, your joy of uh, fatherhood? No, I. Uh, it's been a uh, pretty easy go of it so far. Uh, all of the news at this point has been uh, basically since she's been born. We've gotten an ACC schedule. Uh, we've gotten. Uh, Prince Kali, we're about to get, I don't know, uh, Rocco Spindler probably in less than uh, eight hours at this point. Um, every, I mean, basically her birth has heralded in a uh, new era of Notre Dame football. One, she, she's never been alive where they haven't been a part of the ACC. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, when when Sophia when Sophia was born, um, Notre Dame blanked Michigan, uh, the the you know thirty seven to nothing. When uh, Sam was born, um, you know it uh, Notre Dame summarily uh, next time they played Michigan basically blanked him again. So uh, I'm interested to see what uh, she's got up her sleeve. Uh, for for maybe we'll meet Michigan in the college football playoff because all of the Big Ten members uh, opted out and we'll blank them there. I hope we score. I hope we hang a hundo on them. Uh, a hundo. Just a hundo. Just do it. Just do it. All right. Well, I think that's that's it for the show tonight. Uh, I, I got to tell you guys, I, I I physically felt a slow start to tonight's show. As excited as I was, I felt like. Uh, Little out of sorts. Hopefully, get start to get things back to more a little, a uh, little more regular. Uh, get get some fiber in our diet. Um, but uh, I I was gonna honestly I was gonna put I was gonna record like a five minute uh, our bad uh, 
you know, podcast is saying that, hey, we're not going to have one beginning of the week like we normally do. We're waiting until Friday to record. But I didn't want to be accused of like fishing for downloads. So, so I'm just I'm telling everybody now, like I wanted to tell you, uh, I guess I could have gone to Twitter and I also run a website. I guess I could have told you there, too. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but I didn't. Uh, but uh, sorry about that. But we 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 made a a very conscious decision to wait to get some more news this week. Um, everybody else drops their podcast, too, which I guess just I mean, it just it's like putting. I don't know, man. It's like putting a sheep in front of a wolf when it comes to like bashing the media Uh, (laughs) is getting all their takes first. uh, Then you can line them up. So uh, so nobody wants to be first in the shield wall. No, they don't. They don't. You, you want to be the hero coming in about midway through. Um, Hope, uh, uh, you know, they slip on the guts on the beach. It's, it's all, it's all about who's, who's, who's standing last. It's always actually who tells the story. Didn't even matter if you did it had anything to do with it. If you just go and tell somebody you did it, then you did it. That's that's the lesson here. So that's what uh, I look forward to when the season's canceled for the uh, Notre Dame Dungeons and Dragons podcast hosted by uh, hosted by me and you're all in it. Can't wait. Oh, it's listen. I I will say if the season gets moved to spring or or whatnot, y'all are in for a treat because I there is not going to be a whole lot of regurgitation of the same shit from me. I am just going to go completely in left field. If you want to stick around in that field, that's great. If you want, (laughs) if you want to go to another field and then come back to my field in the spring, so be it. (laughs) There Uh, is no other field. We're, we're good. I will definitely test all, uh, it, it, it might get wild. It, it might be boring. I, who knows? Who knows? It's, it's fucking 2020. I got a monkey paw tattoo on my back. Uh, Notre Dame is not playing Navy. Fantastic. Uh, so who knows what's going on here? I mean, we, it all goes back could, to that movie. Yeah, it all steal, goes back to dark. It all goes back to dark. We could steal her loyal sons' bit and sim the whole season. So I could get shitty texts from you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is that, uh, cause that's what I want when I'm, when I'm spending quality time with my wife and children is the little Jude, see Jude pissed off at me. You could have just ignored me. That probably would have been the best, best thing to do, by the way. You should have just ignored me. I was being shitty. Jude, Jude you, you've known me long enough. I think that's <laughs> right. You're not going to back know, up for me. How, how do I, how, have I ignored much? <laughs> no, I, I, it's just, it's, it's not. It's not my DNA. As I'm wildly swinging my arms, because that's what dumb Italians who drive IROX do. Uh, so, <laughs> what can I say? So, if you made it, if you made it this far, and you know what stone cutters are, I hope that you you tag uh, Barry Piety and uh, Subway Domer on, on Twitter tomorrow. Tell them about how wrong they were for not understanding stone cutters. I hope you berate the shit out of Jude for waiting like decades to watch what should be like already like. Canon, yeah, uh, in please. Brain movies. Throw those down. Yeah. Tell me about tell me about 1980s and 1990s comedies that I missed that I should have watched. Distinguished gentlemen. What about distinguished gentlemen? Also very I good. Well, I mean, I you, you just take the entire that. Steve Martin uh, catalog and just put it into what, a box of jerk. 
What about I've, Mike? I've seen the jerk. I've seen dirty rotten scoundrels. I mean, you're 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 missing. You were it seems like you weren't watching a whole lot of Eddie Murphy movies. What about Life with Martin Lawrence? I did not see Life with Martin Lawrence. I'm aware of that. What about Black Knight starring? What about Black Knight starring Martin Lawrence? I own Black Knight. I own Black Knight. I saw National Security with Tim Robbins in the theaters. Oh, that's a good one too. Blue Streak. That is very good. It's a zero star movie for me. So I saw Bad Boys one and two. It's distinguished gentlemen. Who is that? Is that Chris Rock? No, it's Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah, because he's a he's a con man who becomes a a con man in Congress. Oh gosh, okay. So <laughs> we don't, get, poli- we don't of, get political on this show. I, I saw a movie called Head of State with Chris Rock, which I think is kind of similar. Uh, kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I'm afraid to ask you which movies you haven't watched because that. Oh, we could play this game all day. You could go in the wrong direction. You know? You're in your 40s now. You're in your 40s now. The, I'm this, a man. I'm 40. You're a man now. You, you should have been able to watch these movies. I'm at NDJRS on Twitter. Come after me. Tell me what movies I should be watching. Yeah, I'll uh, just go up and down the catalog of uh, I saw Funny movies. Farm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Funny Farm. Does that, does that count for anything? It should, because it's a great movie. What about, what about Baby Boots? I've got a lot of great about memories baby about Doc Hollywood. Baby Boom? I you're from, up, baby from boom. upstate. You're from upstate New York. You're living in upstate New York. Tell me you watched Baby Boom. I have not seen Baby Boom. I guess I got to put that on my list. Diane Keaton. Diane classic Keaton. Man, it doesn't get any better than that. The soundtrack, the 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 sexy sax. It's applesauce. Oh, man, nice. it's fucking great. It's great. Cool. All right, we got to go. I don't even know who's listening at this point. Uh, go Irish. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, old bull. <laughs> this is. I, I, at some point, I'm going to hit stop recording unless you guys want to. I mean, we're throwing a Happy Easter in there. Why are there better? Why aren't there better Easter movies? Like, why does it have to be... Have you seen Hot? I, yes, it's good. But, I mean, it's the catalog is small. It's like, there's Hop. The catalog is small. The catalog is small. Go Irish. <laughs> <laughs>